In every pair of Tecovis boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. A great pair of Western boots will elevate a casual look or add a refined flair that'll draw both eyes and compliments. Tecovis boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tecovis store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. We also offer custom branding and leather stamping if you want to personalize your boots or fine leather goods. As spring makes its way into summer, stay cool in a short-sleeve moisture-wicking pearl snap or make your own shade with one of their classic straw hats, new in both men's and women's styles. And if you're planning to hit the road, Tecovis's ever-growing lineup of rugged and full-grain leather bags will get you where you're headed in style and are built to last decades. Visit Tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And don't go gently, y'all. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. If you hunt enough, you learn the truth. What you seek speaks a language and knows it well. That's why every Primo's call for everything you hunt is made the right way. We sweat every detail so you get more out of every hunt. And nothing leaves our hand until we know it'll work in yours. Because we don't just make the world's best calls. We speak the language. Primo's. From the nation's capital, this is the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast with your host, Rob Snowett. Take a dose of every day. How am I supposed to stay in a world built on empty ways? The lessons are out of range. Thank you for listening to the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. This is Series 1, Episode 79, live from the 2016 Fly Fishing Show in Somerset, New Jersey. This podcast is being brought to you by The Fly Shack, theflyshack.com. Follow them on social media. Be sure to buy their hooks. They are $6.99 per hundred on their website. And if you can find a 10% off coupon... In Fly Fisherman, Fly Rod and Reel, American Angler, etc., do so. They're extremely sharp and do not let that price line fool you. I loaded up on these at the show and I will load up on more at Lancaster. The problem was I got to them too late at Somerset and most of the ones I needed were gone. I can tell you we're all loaded up on hooks for TPFR for the next several months. Also upcoming, we have... Tie Fest, January 20th. I'm sorry, February 20th. We have the Fly Fishing Show in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. The first week of February, March 19th, is the Project Healing Waters Tie Along at Port City Brewing Company 
starting at noon. Make your way to the brewing room for that. All flies will be donated to Healing Waters groups around the country. We also have the Virginia Fly Fishing and Wine Festival April 8th and 9th. I will be tying and selling goods, so be sure to stop in. And this is the podcast, so let's start off with one of our Salmon River friends. Who could it be? We're at the Somerset Fly Fishing Show. Producer Jason's getting some caffeine, and we have a celebrity amongst us. You want to say hello? Hello. I'm Yoshi. Yoshi-san's first show at Somerset. How is it so far? Oh, it's so good, but um, a lot of people is here, so I've lost my way now. And how much stuff did you buy? Um, some hackle and hook. I got it. Your wife said no more boots? <laughs> she said no more boots, no more rod, or no more reel. But to buy some stuff is similar to buy milk or water for her, you know. Yeah. But she said no. And you just came back from Scotland. Oh, yes, I went to Scotland. Good. Good time? Yeah, I have a good time and uh, I got some fishing spot but I couldn't catch anymore. But my wife got two trout, big rainbow trout. Yeah. You didn't post those pictures on Instagram? I'm so jealous so I didn't get upload. Don't worry about it. Alright, so we'll let you keep walking and shopping. You've got a bag, you look like Santa Claus. Actually, I'm met the friend there with Instagram friend so I get got it the cap and the t-shirts free for free very nice who are they Ken the website is wish for fish he's a youtuber on youtuber very cool. And Jason, how's your show been? Oh, just fine. You know, it's, it's the same as always, but it always gets my uh, fly tying season kick-started because I'm not thinking about it. Then I come and buy hooks and see all the stuff and want to go home and tie all I want. Yeah. And fewer fly shops. Only three fly shops. or four today. But definitely going to stop by and get some hooks soon from fly shop for myself. Yeah, I have to because we don't have anything near us. There's no good fly shops near us. Like, you're in a non-trout area and you've got good shops and we've got nothing and we have a lot of trout yeah it's crazy so i just get all my stuff here no shipping done getting ready for the shad run down in dc yes we're planning on coming down sometime what we say april april or may yeah we have no idea when it's going to start all right yeah hopefully it's not late like last year last year was weird right yeah it was and then we had a flood in the middle of it so all right well We'll catch up with you, and then you can hear all this when you edit. <laughs> you got it. All right. right. So we're at my table. We have Lou. Do you want to introduce yourself? I'm Lou DeGena, uh, commonly known as Fly and Finn. And your uh, Instagram is? Uh, Lou DG. Is there, there's a number next to it, though, right? 13, that's right. Lou DG 13. Are there yeah. 12 of you before that? No, I just like the number 13. Okay. So what brings you to the show today? I'm here with Tinkara USA, working their booth. I'm also with Regal. All right. And you just picked up a new colored Regal? I, the uh, 
green. I can't remember the it's the anodized green uh, rotary. Sweet. Where's home for you? What's your home water? Uh, the south branch of the Raritan. I'm here in New Jersey. I'm based in Jersey. You guys are lucky because there's sandwiches up here that you can't get down where we are. Well, it depends on what part of the state. They're either hoagies or then they're subs. Do you know about the Jersey Sloppy Joe? That one I'm not sure of. It's like a Reuben with roast beef and coleslaw and Thousand Island dressing. Uh, I'm not familiar with that. The Jersey burger as far as with uh, Taylor ham or pork roll and then a cheeseburger. You guys, and you got good pizza up here as well. Not bad. Pretty good. You know, depends on where you are. If you want a good brick oven, I go to Hoboken. Yes, it is. Yeah, that's not an option where we are. No. So how's the 10-car booth going? You guys moving rods, selling flies, leader? Uh, basically giving out information, introducing, you know, 10-car style fishing to the folks here at the show. And then sending them to the different vendors who are selling the rods. And since Dan was here, I guess his first time was five years ago. It's... We had just heard about it. It's kind of common now. Everyone knows Tenkara. Most of us do, at least. Yeah, I would say they do. It's a nice way of getting into the sport if you're looking to get in. But also for us veterans, it's a new, fun way to fish and, you know, simplify part of our kit and go out and have fun. Do you have a preferred Kibari fly you fish? Uh, probably just the red Kibari with... <laughs> oh, no! Flies are falling over. Just just a red body with a peacock and uh, hen ha- hen hackle pheasant. That's probably one of my favorites. What's your um, your line preference? Do you use the braided or the? I'm a I'm a level line guy. I really, as far as the braided ones, I don't cast them as well. And I don't know if it's just my casting stroke or the way I like, but I have better delivery with a level line, personally. How long, let's say I've got a 12-foot Iwana, how long should my line be? Well, beginner, I would start off probably 12 to 14 feet, but 18 would be a good start. Length and a half of the rod. Okay. Length and a half, and then you're going to add tippet on top of that. And a tippet will be two to, oh, say four feet, depending on conditions. Right. If you're in a stream and the spooky and you need a little extra, you know, length, you can add the, the 5x, add a little bit more. Especially the fish are a little skitterish. And you're not going to shun someone if they want to use a little bluegill bug in the summer with the tenkara rod. Hell no. All right. No, no. I, I like using it for perch and herring during the shad run. I use it for everything. It doesn't matter. You know, carry it in the rod, carry it in the car. Use it if you, you know, coming home from work, you got a few minutes, fish a little bit, scratch that itch, and then go home. Do you have the same tattoo that Dan has on his arm? Uh, no. Car logo? No, I don't have the same tattoo. The, the, the I have boot? a much different tattoo. <laughs> Mine goes back to my fine art days, okay. which I still do, and it's a logo I developed a long time ago. Right. It's a tree. There was... Part of the uh, restaurant in Charlottesville where everyone had to have a, a gecko logo. It was a southern, southern like South New Mexico-ish. I think everyone there, if you worked there, you had to get the tattoo. Not the same, but like you had to have a tattoo of a gecko. Right. I don't know that, but eh. there's some good tattoos out there and there's some bad tattoos out there. Oh, yeah. I've seen some bad. There's more bad ones than good ones. You see good ones and you... It stops you. You gotta really pay attention. Yeah, absolutely. Apparently, uh, PK at Fishborn has a new Star Wars tattoo. That I want to go check out. I'll have to check it out. Hey, man. Yeah, man. Where else? So, where can we find you on uh, social media? 
Uh, on Twitter, I'm uh, Flyin' Finn. At Flyin' Finn, you'll find me there. Uh, Instagram, it's Lou DG. Well, yeah, Lou DG13. And then on Facebook, uh, Flyin' Finn. All right. Have a good show. You too, Rob. What's going on? It is 8.17. Just had a little happy hour with some of the Orvis folks. Orvis Travel. Lined up some people to talk to tomorrow. Uh, so Orvis Travel, Dan and Davala, as y'all know. And then Sarah, I didn't get her last name. And uh, just swapping stories, telling everybody about the cool, amazing, awesome fishery that is the Tidal Potomac. Looks like we'll talk to some people from Mexico and some Brazilians and some people from Norway. Uh, tried to get Dave Brandt to talk today on the podcast, but he was super busy. Uh, he was telling you, know, drinking beer and telling stories about fishing with Lee Wolf and Art Flick and just like stories that were amazing. And I really want to get him on the podcast. So my table is Dave Brandt on the left. Peter Simonson and myself switching on and off. Peter took the morning shift. So I went to the Flyman booth and got to hang out with Martin and Abby, a.k.a. some streamer chick. Tied up a bunch of intruders, and it was really freaking cold over there. So um, it was a tough time. My hands were pretty numb. And after a while of... Uh, Helping sell some flyman materials and hanging out there and chatting with people, some podcast listeners and some Twitter followers. Walked around a bit and, and talked to people, hung out. I'm just noticing my clock says it's 7.20. So it must be from either the past or maybe it's from, I don't know, a Kansas-made clock. It's definitely messed up here. Uh so basically walked around. I did minimal shopping today at Tight Lines Fly Shop from Jersey. They had some pretty ridiculous stuff on sale. So I got a bunch of Temple and Arctic Fox and some other steelhead and shad materials. Stocked up with their... Um, I'm, 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 I'm tired. Uh, ostrich plumes for the Snow White Damsel. And then before I knew it... Uh, well, see, Abby and I had a beer, walked around a bit, and then went back to my table and started tying. Cranked out a whole bunch of bacon flies, scorpion bugs, some wormies, some shad flies, and a bunch of gutless frogs. And producer Jason came over and hung out for a bunch of the while and found out he doesn't like pickles. So uh, I never knew that about you, Jason. You don't care for the pickles. I don't know if it's just pickled cucumbers or if you don't do pickled okra or like uh, dilly beans. Uh, but dilly beans are pretty good, especially in the Bloody Mary. And then, yeah, hung out and tied from about 1.30 until 6 o'clock. Yeah, I could have uh, sold some more flies, considering that most of the stuff in, in my area left and right of me was, uh, was trout stuff. So having gutless frogs and reapers and intruders and helgramites and damsels. Definitely stuck out. So it was nice to sell a bunch of bacon flies. And uh, I'm going to go tomorrow and do a big purchase. Probably do about a thousand hooks for myself from Fly Shack. And then I'll get about, I don't know, six or seven hundred additional fly hooks from them for 
beer tie just to stock up because I mean you can't go wrong. Hundred hooks for seven dollars, and you can get them barbless or barbed, and they have fresh water, salt water. They have jig hooks, they have intruder hooks, dry fly, wet fly, bass, you name it. It was good hanging out with people. Uh, you know, some friends from back home stopped in. Some customers from the sh- the shop uh, hung out with Trad Little. He bought a blue pheasant, I think. I just saw him walking past this morning with this giant skinned bird, and it was absolutely hilarious because he must have seen that bird and knew exactly what to make with it because he was determined. I'll go hang out with him tomorrow and, and watch him tie. Um, who else? Uh, Kevin Arculio was in, Henry Cowan, uh, saw Pat Cohen, uh, Eric Hornug from tattooed angler the stealth craft boats guys man it's 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 just a fun event last night andrea and zeb hung out with everybody from healing waters david ira daniel tamar and richard now the funny thing is tamar and richard summer house where the or the weekend uh in the jersey shore is right next to my first cousin josh's house and they she, they can see each other's houses and their friends so she hangs out with my first cousin Josh more than I do now, which is pretty funny. Um, I had my sandwich. The breakfast this morning was uh, a Nathan's hot dog on the George Foreman. I, I normally tend to get my people's uh, Frankfurters, the Hebrew Nationals, but Wegmans after a blizzard was pretty cleaned out. They either had Nathan's or like some gross hot dogs that were injected with cheese and I don't know what. Had my dill pickle chips. That's why I found out that Jason doesn't like pickles because I had pickle chips. So uh, it was good, you know, hanging out, drinking a cold Coke, offset by a couple Coors Banquets, pickle chips, cranking out flies. I mean, what's better than having a table and tying flies and talking fly tying all day? You know me, I, I walk past the rod booths, I walk past the real booths, though Alan does have the coolest looking. Real displays, which they'll be on the the blog and Instagram. So I want to go hang out with them, find out about their Xterris brand. Uh, Smithfly Ethan's got a ton of new stuff. Go talk to Courtney about the Blue Halo because I want one of his five weights in the worst way. They are ridiculous. Uh, Beautiful rods. They're displayed. They're basically bent like pretzels. And I want to talk to the new Orvis person in charge of flies rosenbauer was there uh, talked to pete kutzer who needs to be on the orvis podcast more often he's just so well spoken and knowledgeable setting up podcasts for the future with some people uh stopped by the coast booth peter was there um they had a ring toss game if one ring toss chance and if it landed on the hook you got a free pair of glasses of course i was like 10 feet to the right but the guy before me actually won Free pair of Costas. I'm trying to think who else. Uh, you know, you walk down an aisle two or three times and you don't get to see everything. So you, you literally have to go back and forth multiple times in order to see all the different booths. And you'll miss people. People you want to talk to are busy. Uh, but I'm going to do a different approach this year. I don't want to do, hi, what's your social media? What's new this year? Because I kind of covered that at iCast. You know, except, you know, Ethan wasn't there and Blue Halo. So some of the companies weren't at ICAST. But I want to get more of people's stories this year. So 
Um, you guys heard Yoshi. He's done some some traveling. Uh, we're going to get you know more friends, more more social media people on and just have fun and chill and relax and start thinking about uh, spring fishing. Because as you know, we just got 28 inches of snow in D.C. My kid's been home from school for two weeks. This is the first time I'm really out of the house. It feels awesome. So I'm going to go turn on the TV. It's probably too late for Seinfeld, which you know is my thing in a hotel room with a cold beer. Now I'm going to fire up the George Foreman, heat up my sandwich, have a beer, eat some chips, and we will catch up in the morning. Thomas and Stankus are bringing me some more batteries and hopefully uh, two seven-layer burritos, no tomatoes with hot sauce for lunch in exchange for some Coors Banquets. It's the banquet beer. And I've realized if you want to talk like... Uh, Sam Elliott, you don't use your top lip. Uh, the double deuce. See? Beef, it's what's for dinner. Trucks. Yeah, you just don't move your top lip, and you can sound just like Sam Elliott. It's not that hard. All right, signing off for tonight. All right, it's Saturday morning, and we have Tyler Strait. You want to say hi? How's it going? And this is, uh, how many years do you, have you been to the show so far? Uh, this is my first year here. Really? So, uh, a little overwhelming? Yeah, a lot of cool stuff here. More than, than I've ever seen before. What are you looking for? Any deals? Any tie material? Rods? Reels? Yeah, I'm looking around, trying to find maybe a fly rod or two. Maybe, uh, look for a new pair of waders, actually. My old frog tugs finally wore themselves out. If you need boots, the uh, Tight Lines has corkers for like 50 bucks. Wow, cool. Yeah. Check those out. Did you bring enough money or did you cut yourself off like gambling? Like only bring a certain amount of money to spend? I cut myself off at four zeros. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah, it's, it's easy to spend. I'm looking at these tungsten beads behind you. It's 12 bucks for a hundred of them. Yeah, I stay away from the fly tying areas and stick to gear. I've got enough stuff already for steelhead. Right. Hairline keeps me covered in most stuff. How's your winter been so far? It's been pretty good. Tying a lot of steelhead flies. Stuff's been moving. The steelhead's finally picked itself up. I know we had a poor fall, but the run's finally turned itself around. Starting to see some fish around. And uh, White Death's still killing it for you guys? It's still killing it. The White Death and the Steely Caddis. Any trips planned for this year? I'm headed out to Conyat in uh, March. And uh, last week of March, first week of April, I'll be out there. Right. Fishing Steelhead. Nice. All right, well, I don't want to take up your time, man. You got a lot to see in here. And do multiple trips down each aisle because you'll, you'll miss things. Yeah. Anybody else you're, you're looking for while you're here? No. Sure. I saw my buddy Steve Washer. He's got some pretty cool deer hair stuff. Well, it's finally good to put a face to the name. Yeah, good right. to see you. Where can we find you? Where can people buy your flies? Yeah. Uh, com is the site. You can also find us on uh, Facebook, Autumn Siren Flies, and uh, Instagram, Steelhead Alley Flies. Awesome. Very cool, man. It was good to meet you. Yeah, good to meet you too, Rob. All right, let's start this off. We're at Trouts. Tell us where you guys are located. Hi, this is Kyle Wilkinson, Outfitting Manager for Trouts Fly Fishing. Uh, we're a full-service fly shop and Orvis-endorsed outfitter located in Denver, Colorado. Um, 
you know, coming from Denver, Colorado, we serve a wide customer base uh, as far as customers traveling across the globe to customers just looking to travel down the road an hour or two to go catch trout. So we really have tailored our shop to, to meet the demands of an angler no matter where they're going. Um, as far as our guiding goes, uh, we have a wide variety of both public and private water offerings, all within an hour or two drive of Denver. Um, we primarily focus on walkway guiding, uh, both exploring the technical tailwaters that surround the front range of Denver, uh, up and down the South Platte, as well as getting up into the high country and fishing some of those free stones as well. So, you guys have also got a pretty good urban fishery, and we have a phenomenal urban fishery. If you uh, if you find one of our shop employees for the day off, odds are they're probably walking the banks of the South Platte River right through town, uh, trying to catch some of the big carp and smallmouth, walleye. Um, I didn't know there was walleye in there too. There's there's walleye in there. It's yeah. a total mixed bag. Yes, there is. There's, yeah, I met some Canadian guys. They call that fruit salad. <laughs> I don't know if you'd want to eat one out of there, but uh, we call the Potomac a box of chocolates because you never know what you're going to get. That's about right. Yeah. I can imagine. I can imagine. So. Yeah. Standard rod reel setup for out there? Yeah, so, um, you know, uh, on any given day, I'd say if there's 100 anglers out on the river, 98 of them are using a 9-foot 5-weight um, with 5 or 6x fluorocarbon tippet and a fly somewhere between a size 18 to 22. So, Any real specific local flies that you'd see there before you'd see them out here? That I would see out here? Um, like something you never see. It's like a local fly only locals know about. Like, it took me, like the RS2, I'd sure, seen it sure. once and never heard of it for years. Sure. Um, you know, being where we are, uh, we do fish a lot of the popular stuff. I mean, with fly tires such as Pat Dorsey and Landon Mayer and Charlie Craven, all right in town, you know, they've developed those patterns on the rivers that we fish day in and day out. And, um, and they're, they're good for a reason because they work so I find more rojo midges along the Blue River and Silverthorn than anything else yeah that's that is definitely a popular one also yeah. that is definitely a popular one also um, but I think you know if you look in our guides fly boxes we all we're very passionate anglers and we all spend a lot of time at the vice so we um, we definitely have a few tricks up our sleeves some of our own patterns kind of maybe some tweaks that we put on some of those popular patterns that, uh, that everyone knows and loves but um, have you been to the Denver Biscuit Company off Colfax? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We don't go up to Breck without stopping there. Yeah, that is good. And then they just opened a Voodoo Donuts basically oh across the street from it. So I can't do the Voodoo Donut beer by Deschutes, but uh, <laughs> yeah. speaking of beer, how far are you guys from Tipsy's? From Tipsy's? You haven't been to Tipsy's out in, uh, it looks like a Bass Pro Shops. It's that big. It's, it's oh, like liquor store. Yeah, liquor store tips. Oh, right. That place I, is marvelous. I have not. I haven't been in that one. Oh my gosh. I'll take you. Okay, okay. We'll go get okay. some Odell's. I'll, if I, I knew I, you guys were here, I would have bribed you to bring Odell's. I, I would have done that. We've had people mention that about uh, some of the new Belgian beers, obviously too. They yeah. apparently they're a little hard to find out here. So. All right. Where can we find you guys online? www.troutsflyfishing.com. All right. Absolutely. That's it. Thank you so much. Absolutely, thank you. We got Vincent and Austin, awesome Austin. Where are you guys located out of? Woodland Park, Colorado. And what's your fishery? Do we ask you or him? Who? Like he asking Dreamstream. Yeah, like what do you guys? What what do you? What do your outfitters put people on? Well, South, the South Platte Fly Shop in Woodland Park. Okay. So uh, Dorothy's homemade tamales. They are fantastic. Yeah. 
if, if I don't go down to the Dreamstream and come back to Breckenridge with tamales, I'm in trouble. Or you can stop at the Thunderbird Inn, which is what I recommend. The Thunderbird Inn in Florissant. Cash only. All right. All right. So what's your season? What do you guys, you fish year-round? You've got tailwaters. 365 days a year, you know, uh, big fish, uh, great hoppers in the fall, big fish in the spawn. So fish coming out of like 11 mile, you got salmons and brown? Yeah, we got kokanee salmon, we got really large browns coming out of um, 11 mile reservoir. Above Spinny Mountain Reservoir, you also have a very large uh, Cutthroat or uh, cut bows and rainbows in the in, in the spring. Uh, it's a fantastic fishery. Mountain lions, you guys ever see those? Uh, occasional grizzly bear. Uh, you know, get you know, buffalo sometimes. Uh, a lot of mule deer. I was sleeping in my car out at the South Platte of the Dream in uh, the the main bridge parking lot where everyone parks, and there were coyotes like running around at night, like howling scare the piss out of me it's it's very scary but yeah. they they'll leave you alone do you know about i don't know if it's still called indian springs ranch just past there that's that's heard. where i caught that i've never heard my of job was to uh i think it was bought by forget the actress's name she was an overboard blonde lady kurt russell's lady I don't know, Goldie Hawn, that's her name. Her brother apparently bought the ranch and just like ruined it, but <laughs> the ponds were drying up, so we had to go and catch these monster trout and just move them to another pond on the ranch. So that's where that picture was taken. Uh, so what about flies? Do you guys have specific flies that you'd find down there that you wouldn't find anywhere else? You got this, Austin? Trying to think of who. You wouldn't find, that Any, you wouldn't like, find. Like, we, we, we really enjoy uh, mousing. That's kind of something different. I have a foam mouse over there I tied specifically for the Dreamstream. Really? The browns tear it up. Yeah. My first time, so I'm walking around the Dreamstream, my first time ever, and I see like mice holes everywhere. I'm yeah. like, all right. Now I figure, what about mice that fall in and drown? So I take a Whitlock mouse, I stomp on it in the mud, get it all soaked, put some split shot on it, bounce it under that bridge yeah. in the parking lot. Brilliant. I hooked in like a 25 inch rainbow Brilliant. and lost it. But I thought I hooked a rock, so I lift it up instead of setting the hook. But that tail was like six inches, I mean, top to bottom. Brilliant. So I went back out two years later with the foam mouse and uh, connected to some browns. Awesome. On the dream? Yeah. With it sinking the mouse. Yeah, it's foam, man. It's pipe insulation from Home Depot. It's oh that thick. Nice. So I'll bring it over later. All right. Very cool. Um, what, what rod? It's pretty windy out there, so. I don't I never use anything else other than a nine foot five weight or an eight and a half foot five weight. What about lines? Anything specific? Just real gold. Real gold? Real gold rods as far as Mystic Reapers. That's a rod all of us guide with in terms of a medium fast, a fast action rod, rod that can punch through the wind. Because every time you show up to the Dream, it's accommodated by wind. Yeah. I, I got zapped by the ground static out there. There's a storm yeah, coming through. And my rod starts like shaking and making zapping sounds. Yeah. It's very leader leader build is also I think extremely important and overlooked uh, when, when fishing there. Um, how, how you build your leader, your dry fly leader, or when nymphing. Uh, personally, I prefer a 90 degree rig uh, for nymphing. Right angle. I, yeah, I do. I do not like a tapered leader. Uh, I think the fish there. Um, can actually, just like they start to recognize flies, I think they start to see the taper and the leader, so I prefer so to just, 
I prefer the 90 degree rig. It's more, you know, stealthy. Uh, and then, yeah, for dry fly leader build, you know, I think it's very important there because the water's really clear and the fish are extremely spooky. So long leaders and, uh, you know, a, a very technically built uh, leader for that. Do you have any specific, like, if I was to open your fly box, would I recognize anything in there for dries and your nymphs? Would you recognize yeah, anything? Like, if you open up my Not Potomac River box, you'd be like, what is this stuff? It just doesn't look like any. I mean, it's, I've developed it over the last like 15 years. My flies look like nothing else out there. You'd find Black Beauties, RS2s, John Bars, Blueing Olive Bars Emerger, um, Griffiths Gnats. Um, what else? Amy's oh, aunt. Pheasant Tails. Amy's Ants. What's it? Amy's Ant. I don't know that one. No, Amy's Ant. It's, uh, I guess, you know, my, my success with it was. Uh, Personal favorite, yeah, 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 it for all of us. Olive, red, and I think those are the only two colors it comes in, but olive has always been the most productive for the dream during the fall, you know, in the August, September, October. Is there an Amy? Um, not in my Amy. life. Is there an Amy in yours? No, there, no, yeah, there was a song, song. Yeah. Amy, Sat. No, there was a Sarah, it's, uh, Vince, Sarah. Vince Gill. Really, Vince Gill sing Amy. He was in a band back in the day. No, I'd have to look it up. Yeah. That's an old-fashioned, old-fashioned lookup book, right? You got me. Yeah, he's gonna find Vince Gill right now, <laughs> right in that book. What else? So if you had a day off, and and you pheasant tails, pheasant tails. My favorite fly, hands down, pheasant tail. Just a regular pheasant tail or flashback pheasant tail. That's my go-to steelhead yeah. fly. Really? Yeah. Uh, what about the pike up in the reservoir? Do you get any of those? Spinny? There's there's tons of pike and spinny. Yeah, I, I like to, to fish for the the rising cruising uh, trout. To be honest with you, they the the damsels the damselfly hatch up. I got these in my damsel nymphs before we yeah. leave. Um, now, do the pike and the trout compete? Do they eat the, the trout? Personally, oh, I'm sure they do. Absolutely, I'm sure they do. Because I pulled a 38 inch pike out of Terryall Creek. Um, not really too much fight. The water temperature was a little cold. The pike were a little lethargic, but that's that's a river system that has quite a few pike in it that they're actually trying to get out of there, like the Broadmoor Fish Camp. They're telling people to come fish it and pull them out. I, uh, bunny, leech, bunny leech patterns is what we got ours on. Man, I know Landon got his 49 and a quarter inch pike out of 11 mile King or 11 mile reservoir. That's where he got his. The story I've heard is there's a like a town underneath. 11 mile that they flooded that people have like gone diving in there and there's an actual like I, ghost town weren't you telling me about someone going diving in there and seeing massive fish and all kinds of crazy oh, stuff yeah fish that were bigger than them that they said they were actually nervous to go back in there's, there's always the story I saw a catfish uh, and the divers swam out someone's gonna catch a hundred pound blue cat in the Potomac this year they're, they're saying this is the year someone's gonna do it yeah. that's a big nasty fish I don't want to go in if they're there I wouldn't swim with it. Right. Yeah. Absolutely not. Uh, so let's say you've got people from the East Coast coming out to fly. What what should they prepare other than like pounding water when they land? Like just nine foot five weights, bring their waders and leave. lenses, good attitude and ready to walk. Yeah. Put in some distance. A lot of walking? Oh yeah, especially the dream stream. Covering water is important. The mosquitoes out there are pretty horrendous. Terrible. I've been yeah. bitten through two layers of shirts. Really? Yeah, mosquitoes and ants. Ants? Ants for what? Oh, yeah, those big mounds of ants. You kick them and they get all angry. I disagree on the whole mosquito 
thing. I, I, you must have that blood type they don't like. During the flows when they were at 12. When they were, when they're high, yeah. There was tons of mosquitoes out there. You'd come home with ants, if you wet waited, you'd come home with ants crawling out of your booties. And you'd feel them biting. They don't hurt, but I've had them crawl up my legs at home, come out of my socks. <laughs> still, still coming out when you get home. That's, that's rough. What about your reel? You got a reel preference? You mystic rods? I am uh, not a very fussy fisherman at all. I will fish with um, almost anything. Got to have so a drag I, at least? I have a, I have a uh, just a Reddington Rise reel is probably my favorite reel that I own. Um, caught a lot of fish on it, not a problem. And it uh, didn't break my, my wallet uh, when I bought it. And that does it. With Ross reels, the Ross Evolution yeah. LT 2.0. It's probably my favorite reel, hands down, lightweight, consistent drag. Yep. All right. What about if you got time off, you're going to drive up to any other towns and tailwaters and fish? Ooh. That you're I willing could, to share. That I'm willing to share. That I'm willing to share. We had to bleep out the, the podcast about Justin moving no, to Colorado. Yeah. No way. Yeah. I will not. I, I can't. I can't. Uh, I can't. Oh, we have a customer. You want to walk around? Heck yeah, let's do it. All right, I'm going to go introduce you to Trad also. All right. <laughs> right Trad. Trad Little. Fly tire. Trad Little. All right, so where can we find you guys online? Any social media? That's right, yeah. Southflyshop.com. Or yeah, you can find check us on out. Instagram. Check us out on Instagram, the Instagram, or our Facebook page, South Platte Fly Shop. Flying Pan Anglers. FlyingPanAnglers.com. And then the SanJuanAnglers.com. There we go. Yeah, so we're three shops owned by one owner. Uh, we can guide multiple rivers. Uh, Austin and I work for the South Platte Fly Shop, so if you're in Colorado, uh, you know, you want to enjoy an absolutely beautiful place, uh, catch some big fish, and have nice, uh, really, really nice time, give us a, give us a check out. Sounds yeah, good. like us on our South Platte Fly Shop page on Facebook. We're always posting stream reports, what's working, where's fishing best. Yeah, and if you want to just go fish by yourself, just give us a call and we'll tell you you know, what's been working for us. And you don't have to outrun the grizzly bear, just the person you're with. Yes. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. We're at uh, Smithfly. We got lots of more stuff since we spoke. What's going on? That's right. Uh, we've done quite a few things. So we've got a new sling pack that's kind of a transformer of a pack. It does kind of three or four different things. Uh, it does the sling pack thing, but then you can configure it to be a backpack, chest pack, or a, a waist pack as well. So uh, that's pretty exciting. That's sort of our first foray into overseas manufacturing and kind of a price point product, which is a little bit more affordable. Uh, but it's the same kind of quality and material and build uh, you know, specs that we would use in our American-made stuff. It's just made overseas, so it's a lot more affordable, I think, which is something that we've been hearing from people. It's like, you know, they love the stuff, but it can get a little expensive if you're building out a big kit. So this is kind of a first, uh, you know, sticking my toe in the water and that side of things. And I think the response from shops that I've been getting is pretty good because it's, a, it's an all-in-one pack that does a bunch of different things. Uh, but it still has kind of the modular concept behind it, um, but you know it retails for 79 bucks. So it's a, it's a, I think a pretty good value, and uh, the people at the show seem to like it. it seems to be selling pretty well, and uh, you know, so that that's you know brand new for me. Okay. Uh, so and we got we got reels now. Uh, yeah, I mean I'm doing kind of a full line of stuff at the at the shop, um, you know, and uh, it's you know. Let's talk about the shop. I don't think you had that down. Or maybe it was in the works last time, a year and a half ago. Mid right, Lancaster. yeah, I was probably still renovating it because I renovated an old, it's this old building that was kind of run down and 
Um, so yeah, we got a good deal on it. I wasn't really looking for a retail shop, but like it just happened to be a good space, and so we ended up um, moving in there. And you know, with the retail front, I couldn't in my small town just have my packs and bags and stuff. So I needed to kind of do. Um, you know, kind of almost like a full line of stuff. So I've got a buddy that's doing guide trips for us now. We're teaching people to cast. We're selling entry-level kits of stuff. Um, so there's a lot of, it's kind of an entry-level market. So we don't have a lot of high-end rods and reels just yet. Uh, but we've got an active club pretty close to us. Um, and so it's been interesting. It's a, you know, it it's, is it's a totally growing and growing. Thing. Yeah, You're yeah. You're learning as you so, go and building. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So You got a boner shirt? Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. We do, we do have a boner shirt. That was uh, that's my artwork that I did there. And there uh, is a variety of bonefish known as it's it's called the shafted bonefish. Uh, really, it's a real fish. Yeah, I have not seen that one. Yeah. This one was one that you know I caught in Belize this summer. So oh, very cool. That was pretty sweet. Yeah. Would you get it on that fly that's in the picture? That would be a Christmas Island special. Yes, right. that's about all we fish down there. For people that can't um, see it, you're going to hear it now. <laughs> all right, there we go. Nice. Yeah, man. yeah. So yeah, you know, we're just just expanding slowly. I mean, you know, there have been people that have come up, man, you're exploding. But like, you know, we're slow, we're. I mean, I'm not going crazy here. We're right. just doing little things and, you know, moving the brand ahead. And you know, the shop is right on the water, so we're carrying Diablo paddle sports kayaks now, and I'm doing a line of uh, inflatable paddle boards. Uh, just you know, a lot mostly for the local market. I do sell a couple online, but you know, it's you know, we teach take people out on the river and just get them out there enjoying you know the environment that a lot of people in my neck of the woods don't even think you can fly fish around us but we've got 300 yeah. river miles of fishable water right you know half an hour from the shop so muskies trout steelhead smallmouth that's right yeah, yeah carp like big carp right out back there's you know 20 30 pound carp i mean there's uh you guys pike. are the biggest clams i've ever seen in your waters <laughs> well thank you for the compliment yeah. but no it's, <laughs> i don't i want to bring those water muscles that's their muscles they look like clams that's what they are muscles <laughs> <laughs> That's right, yeah. And a lot of them are endangered, so don't mess with them. Uh -oh. You can't eat them. Oh, I would put it in my fish tank. In fact, we did a dam removal recently uh, in the next town over, and there was like a whole group of folks that like, you know, did uh, muscle relocation where they went in. And we paid, you know, uh, biologists with degrees to go in and dig up these, uh, you know, gravel bars and relocate the, the, the mussels into, you know, the, the water after we took down the dam. So, uh, but yeah, that's a, that's a thing, so... All but right. yeah, you know, we're uh, rocking and rolling. I'm just answering a text from Morgan. There we go. Anything else in the works? I mean, you got some uh, some hunting stuff now too. Yeah, yeah. Like it's another thing that I like, and I think a lot of folks, you know, um, enjoy is bird hunting. So I launched a line of wax cotton bird hunting cha uh, chaps and pouches that are all made. Uh, you know, made in the USA. That's actually one of the first products we have that's made entirely in our shop. So I make those all on our own machines and hand cut them and uh, make them one at a time. And we do some custom wax cotton bird chaps that are doing really well for us because we're making them in sizes that, you know, the big guys don't necessarily make. So, you know, if you're uh, an oddball size, like got short legs or you're six foot eight and need a pair of bird chaps, you know, I can yeah. make them for you and make I them like fit. The, I like the artwork on them. The display on it is really cool. 
Yeah, thanks. That's all. I mean, I'm a graphic designer by trade before I started my own company, so I like to do my my own packaging and have a little fun with it. And so I get to have a little bit of fun, and that's that's it. <laughs> so, you know, and it's kind of a vintage, old school. It goes with the kind of traditional materials thing that, you know, wax cotton kind of brings that vibe to it. So I wanted to kind of give it that fun, old school looking vibe, like the, you know, uh, Farmer's Almanac sort of vibe. You right, know, right. so that's kind of... Yeah. And, and you're doing flyers? Uh, yeah, I mean, I get those from, you know, Chinese distributor. They're pretty affordable. They're pretty durable. Um, again, they, you know, I sell them in the shop sort of as, a, you know, the interlevel prior to the, you know, they're comparable to a lot of the more expensive the CNC cut aluminum pliers that are out there on the market. People uh, are charging way more than they should for pliers. <laughs> well, like, I, I'm using... Well, wait till you have to buy the CNC time to cut them because, you know, really? they're expensive to cut and those machines are not cheap to run. I'll check so yours out, but I'm using P-Lines. I paid like $28 for them maybe. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're probably made in the same factory as those if I had to guess. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, you know, I mean, that, you know, there's a reason those pliers are expensive and, I mean, they're good quality materials and the tolerances are tight. I mean, on the, the, the really, you know, high-end name brand ones, those are good pliers. Right. I mean, I'm not, you know, the... These are, you know, a bit more affordable, and they do okay in my... Uh, Hello, Ethan. Hey, what's going on? How are you, what buddy? Up? Morgan's checking hey. in. Unofficially checking in. Didn't realize you were podcasting. No worries. We're good. Uh, still on the same social media site? Yes, sir. Yeah, smithfly.net is the website. And then, yeah, Smithfly Designs on Twitter, and Smithfly on Instagram, and Facebooks, and all that webby stuff. Yeah, the social media thing. And be sure to follow the progress of the Land Cruisers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got <laughs> so jealous. Yeah, it's, it's been fun. It's been it's been good for my dad and I to kind of work on that together as a project. It's yeah. Been, uh, so yeah, we we're uh, I'll put up more pictures as we get closer and closer. But that one's we've got two, and the first one's almost done. And I think we're going to sell that one here in a little bit. We might keep the second one, the '74. That one I put a lot more time into it. Probably won't won't be able to sell it. <laughs> right. Well, so, next time I'm in Sea Bus, I'm going to come up and hang out. We we definitely should do that. Yeah, we'll take a musky fishing. How about oh, that? Oh yeah. 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 Finally, use that ten weight. Yeah, and you can use it, but you probably won't catch anything. No. <laughs> Still have fun. You gotta have your head right. Yeah, man. All right, cool. <laughs> Thanks for the time. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for stopping by. All right, so Morgan brought some Jefferson's Reserve, and I'm having a nip with Pete. Pete, let's talk about your booth. Yeah. So. Uh, American Museum of Fly Fishing. We haven't been to the show for a few years, so this is our big return kind of this year, um, getting back in the swing of things, um, hitting a few more events. Um, it's been a great couple days so far, and uh, looking forward to a good day three tomorrow. Um, but yeah, we're uh, out in Manchester, Vermont, uh, right next to the Orvis flagship store, and um, just a big, uh, we're, we do the whole national thing, so we're collect a lot of artifacts, um, both locally in Vermont, but goes right across the whole country. So let's say somebody's got a hand-me-down from some well-known person, maybe, and they're not using it, they send it to you guys if it's worth value or, I don't know, notoriety? Yeah, kind of. I mean, we, we um, usually people just email us pictures of their old, you know, old gear all the time, and just, uh, you know, because, I mean, we, we can gauge historical value. You know, but um, but yeah, we know the right people to con- you know to put them in contact with as far as if they're looking for monetary value that you know they can they can help out better that way. But yeah, if they're looking to donate to the museum, we we will definitely check it out for historical value. And um, Yoshi Akiyama is the guy to talk to on that. Um, yeah, and, and just a process like that, just kind of sending the pics and we take a look at it and 
kind of goes from there. What's the strangest item you guys have? Ooh, that's a good one. We do have an old used uh, tobacco pipe from Bing Crosby. Really? Yeah, so um, that kind of goes along with a lot of his fly fishing stuff. I didn't know Bing Crosby fished. Big time. Yeah, really? uh, he had a property in Idaho and um, fished, uh, he fished New Brunswick, Canada a lot. These are things yeah. you learn when you sit down to do a podcast. Yeah, see? There you go. Dropping some history on you. Do you guys rotate exhibits, or do you have mostly things that are just yeah. kind of mainstays? So we, we have one mainstay uh, exhibit called The Wonders of Fly Fishing um, that kind of takes you on a timeline of the who, what, where, and when. Um, but, yeah, we have min- one mini exhibit each year within the, the overall uh, museum that rotates out. Right now it's... Um, Bob Hines, uh, he was a national wildlife artist, got the duck stamp um, program started back in the day. I know that from um, Fargo the movie. There you go, yep, yep. Oh, honey, I want some Hardee's. <laughs> yeah, well, don't you know? But, um, yeah, no, it's, uh, so that's coming down in February. I think we're putting in uh, Stan Bogdan real uh, exhibit to, to in, in place of that soon. Is there a competition be trying to get stuff between, say, like the Pennsylvania Museum and the Southern Appalachians? Is there something like you guys want that someone else might have to fill a, like a gap in a story? Yeah, no no competition by any means of, of that. But um, yeah, no, we, we've worked with, um, you know, with them before on, on some stuff. Uh, I think Yoshi has been down. To, I haven't been able to make it down to the Pennsylvania one myself, but Yoshi's been there. Um, and we're trying to do a little bit more stuff with the Catskill Museum because uh, I know we hadn't done much in the past. But I'm gonna say this is be more collaboration. You know, this is not it's the same man. Yoshi that Steelhead fished with us last year. We had a Yoshi from Japan who's living yeah. outside Philadelphia. Oh, it sounds like him. Right. But no, no, it's different Yoshi. Still, still cool guy. <laughs> um. Are there any exhibits that are more popular than others? Like, do um, people kind of stand around one thing more than another? Oh, sure. I mean, it, we have a little bit of everything. It, it's kind of it's awesome because you have, like, the hardcore fly fisherman that knows his stuff. He comes up and sees a fly tied by this guy in West Virginia, say. Um, and they'll know the name, and they'll really appreciate that part of the history, like kind of the, the stuff that only the people that have been in the sport for a long time will get. And we also have the big names like Ted Williams, Rod, we have Ernest Hemingway, stuff like that. So people, it's a good way to get people interested in, in, in fly fishing that haven't been before because they'll recognize names outside of fly fishing that we have their artifacts, and it's, it's cool for them. It's been a great way to get... You know, it, it's a way to get people into fly fishing that way. It, it's kind of neat. So, but um, I would say it's probably the probably the the Mary Orvis Marbury panels are the that's the biggest attraction as far as the museum goes. Um, we have presidential rods and reels and all that stuff. But um, so Mary Orvis Marbury uh, went down to the Chicago World's Fair in 1893 with these large wooden display panels and. At, um, basically collected flies from all across the country from noted tires because before that people were still fishing British flies that were made for the chalk streams in Europe and wasn't cutting it here in in North America so this was kind of a big representation of the 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 real North American style of fly fishing so it kind of 
got people realizing that you know you have to use you know these certain patterns if you if you want to catch these fish it's going to have to change mm -hmm. so it's a really good um, relic kind of those times and how it was changing back then um, basically so after the after the world's fair went into storage at Orvis basically not their attic but it was in storage um, for a long time until the 1960s when uh, Herman Kessler who was an original trustee of the museum he was doing a um, an, a research article for Field and Stream and he happened to come across these panels in Orvis's storage and say and he told Lee Perkins at the time that you know hey you've got some really great stuff here um, and you know it, that's kind of got the ball rolling on the whole museum idea itself so they're they're actually in it in their original state on display at the museum is a big part of it i got a story about mary she's a little bit of a pervert there's uh pictures of her in the bathroom at our orvis store when you go to the bathroom she's literally making eye contact with you <laughs> it's, it's, it's weird That's i don't terrifying. know who did that but it's terrifying yeah. are, are there any pretty like exotic materials on those flies since they're from back in the day before oh yeah you know, people really absolutely didn't I mean, shoot rare things Totally. I mean, back in the, uh, yeah, a lot of the older flies, we have some of the first flies that used, um, uh, what was it, golden, I think it was like golden cartridge or something like that. Golden cartridge, I want to say. I don't know. But um, we have one of those from 1791, you know, back, way back, going way back. And, then for and that's preserving. like some of the oldest flies known to still exist. And they're natural materials. How do you, are they just airtight yeah. containers? Yeah, yeah it's... Um, we have a lot of, so that's a big problem when people bring flies to us that want to be part of the collection. We kind of have to make sure they don't touch flies that have already been in the collection first because a lot of them actually have bugs. We have to actually curate like them. Domestic beetles? Them, yeah, it, you can't even see them. They just kind of, those kind of eat away the fly. And but So we have to kind of assess it, kind of see what we're working with, and we usually put them in a deep freeze. We have a special, um, basically, refrigerator there that gets really cold and you just throw the flies in there and kills the bugs. You wait, a, I think it's like a week usually, it kills the bugs, take them out, and uh, yeah, and you're, and you're good to go after that. And then we assess just like what it was packaged in. You know, a lot of the people leave it in against the, you know, old flies used to come in the old, you know, metal interior fly boxes with the, they used to have just a little you know, uh, splitting it to put the hook in. So it was metal against metal all those years. So a lot of it gets rustier. It's not the best way to preserve the fly a lot. So we just take, you know, taking all that stuff into account. It's But yeah, especially with the flies, it gets, uh, especially with the older materials, it's it's harder to harder to do. But yeah, we do a lot of like the airtight preservation, um, things like that. Is yeah. it hard to find somebody that's background is like historic preservation and fly fishing? It's kind of a niche it is a niche, but there is a lot. It, it's surprising. There's a lot of people that know a lot of things. Um, we put out a journal like every quarter, and you know the stuff that you know, just people that you know their regular jobs. You know, this is like their big hobby, um, and they take it seriously. And they they are the historians. You know, they they really uh, know what they're doing. We we have a lot of people that we go to, and we have to find something out and research stuff. If we don't have a book about it or, or have knowledge about it from our own collection, there's a ton of people out there that um, have this knowledge. And that's something that, you know, we're hoping that gets on in the next generation because a lot of these guys, you know, they've had the appreciation for, hist for history for a long time. 
And so it does come out of just an overall appreciation of history. But you know, these guys, it was their sport. You know, it's and and they really you know took to that and, and wanted to preserve the history and and they found it exciting. You know, it's something that you can talk about and and relate to. And uh, you know, hopefully the next generation takes up that mantle for sure. We're hoping that um, that way. But yeah, we uh, lots of lots of people are are a lot of a uh, of a uh, you know closet historians you know on the yeah. side it, it's that's kind of what what the fly fishing generation is you know and, and they'll know stuff you know little uh, you know like joe schmo went on a fishing trip with uh fly rod crosby back in the you know late 1800s they'll, they'll know about everything that happened on that fly fishing trip yeah. you know they so they they preserve the history and it's it's a great tool to have yeah does it help to have orvis so close to have foot traffic come in it's uh, it's great, absolutely for foot traffic. It is kind of, uh, it, I mean, it, it is great. Um, but you know, there's also the thing. You know, people think we are the Orvis Museum of Fly Fishing too, <laughs> but we are the American Museum of Fly Fishing, which Happens Orvis has be been a great. Year. Well, yeah, Orvis has been a great supporter of the museum, and um, we actually got our start right in their um, right in their their left wing at the original store. So you know, they they are a big part of the museum, and, and right to this day. But, um, and again, with the foot traffic, it's great. You know, they send people there over us, over to us all the time. So it's great. But yeah, we are the American Museum of Fly Fishing. But, uh, yeah, so that's it's just a common, you know, misconception. But, but they're, they're, they're great over there. Where can we find you on social media and how can people purchase some swag to help support you guys? Sure. Um, we're at Fly Fish Museum on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, look us up on Facebook. We're the American Museum of Fly Fishing. Uh, right now, it's at, we're actually um, amff.com for now, but a um, few months, we're going to be switching over to amff.org. Um, having a nice, really nice um, redesigned website. It's going to give a lot of people access to more history, more, more engaging content like that. Fantastic. All right. Thanks so much for your time, and you have to find you a glass. I don't know if you noticed, but uh, the guy who wears the mock turtleneck and the sport coats who runs this building was just busting people for having cans of beer. Oh. That's why I had to like hide my there whiskey. You go. There you yeah. go. <laughs> All right. How, how do you know Morgan? Oh, he's at, he's actually an ambassador for the museum. So we have an ambassador program. Just people from all around the industry, kind of just coming together to support the museum. Um, it's been a, it's been great. It's been our these people are absolute rock stars. Morgan, John Janishin from Preton, um, Rachel Finn, um, and we just uh, brought April Vokey on and and a couple other people. Um, it's been awesome. Uh, just these people, just completely buy into what we're doing, and they're just rock stars. They donate a lot of their time, and and when they don't have a lot to begin with, because they're guiding or doing, they're already going in a million different directions with how fly fishing in the industry is. But um, they still find it to, you know, find the time to donate their time to us, and it, it's just been been amazing what they do for the museum. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for your time. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Okay, so I'm with Bart now. He's with Tenkara USA. If you haven't looked up the doppelganger airplane story, that's how I stopped Bart in the aisle here today. So uh, tell us who you're with, because you look just like those two guys. I'm here with uh, Tenkara USA. I live here in New Jersey, and whenever they come out to the show in Somerset, I'm here to come out and help them out. How great is the pizza you can have access to here? Pizza in New Jersey is fantastic. The pizza in this place sucks. Yeah, we're getting in trouble for having cans. You got yeah, the guys walking around yelling at people. 
We're having cans. Having that's what non-purchased non, uh, Jersey facility beverages. Yes, that's why you need the old cup. Right. The old soda cup in the soda cup, you're golden. Yeah. So, do you strictly fish Tenkara? No, no, absolutely not. I'm a uh, dyed in the wool fly fisherman. I've been an early adopter of Tenkara when it first came out into about seven years ago or so. Um, but I, I fish everything. Tenkara doesn't work too good in the salt. So uh, I also have learned that the braided line originally got freezes. Got what? It, the, the braided line I got with my original. Um, you want a rod? It freezes when it's wet. Oh, I, I imagine it would. I'm a big proponent of the um, level line. Right. I, I fix that more than the uh, braid. you have a favorite kibari, or do you fish other flies with it? I, I fish everything with it. Um, Poppers do, for me in the summer, man. It's oh, bluegills on, on Tankara is, yeah. is the way to go. But my, um, my favorite kibari is a copper kibari that I tie with a real fine copper wire. It gets the fly to, to sink real quickly and uh, we do very well on that. All right. Do you have your own website, social media? I, I actually do. I uh, run a, a blog called The Jersey Angler. Uh, the Jersey Angler has been real quiet for the last two years. I guess I started it uh, 2009, 2010, but I just got that up and running in uh, January of this year. And I just launched a new site uh, called Panfish on the Fly. Right. And that's going to be a site dedicated to warm water fly fishing, specifically for panfish. Nice. Uh, um, I was recently at a bar in D.C. and they had Jersey sauce. Jersey sauce, tomato sauce? No, it was capers. I don't know. They, it was like a seafood sauce, but it was awesome on fries. I don't eat fish. Never heard of it. Yeah, yeah. You, you can have Jersey sauce at the Jersey Angler. Really? That, that, Maybe I don't know. I'd never heard of it. Never heard of we it. We have either. a long-standing joke here about Jersey salads. The Holiday Inn has a something called a Jersey salad. And we're like, that just sounds filthy. It sounds very filthy. Yeah, so I don't think that'd be too happy. If you look up hashtag Jersey salad, it'll all be the fly fishing show for six years. I will check it out. All right. Well, thanks so much. Rob, thank you. All right. All right. We're at Petitjean. Am I pronouncing Petitjean? Yes, right. And where are you from? I'm from Switzerland. Okay. And uh, I started uh, my business uh, about uh, 25 years ago. And the speciality of what I'm doing is uh, taking care of uh, CDC feathers. CDC is a French name which says uh, cul de canard. And this is those famous uh, feathers we use for tying flies. And it's more and more popular during the last, I would say, uh, 30 years. It has been becoming really a big hit for all the dry flies and other flies as well. What makes these feathers so unique and where do they come from on the bird? I mean, actually, they, they come around the print gland at, on the back, at the bottom of the back of the dock, and this is where the, the oil is concentrated during, in between each induction. So the dock is going to pick up the oil and to put the, the oil on all the feathers approximately every three hours. But in between, the production of the oil is regular, and those feathers collect the oil, and that's the reason they are so special. And there is only 20 or 25 per dock. Really? Yeah, not much. And they're, I mean, they're gossamer. They're so, I mean, they look delicate. Are they de de delicate? I don't tie with them. No. Are I, they <coughs> fragile? No, no, not at all. Really? They, are, they are very flexible, so, and, and they are much more stronger than any uh, marabou feathers, for instance. So... It's a very good fly tying material and it gives the illusion of life better than any other feathers. That's the reason it, it is extremely popular. Do you want to pause? 
No, okay. right, let's go. So you have tools back here and it looks like you take tools and you make them better, if that's my understanding. Yesterday you demonstrated how easily you can thread your bobbin, which yeah, you don't have to suck the thread through, you don't have to use a tool, and you can adjust it with just your thumb. Yeah, I, I mean, actually, I have been tying as a professional fly tire for more than 10 years, like 25,000 uh, flies a year, and uh, I develop, of course, uh, quite a lot of different tools to make life easier. Mm -hmm. And uh, what I must say is, compared to other feathers, the stem of the CDC is much stiffer than regular chicken stem. So you cannot really hackle them very easily. And this is the reason why I developed a magic tool, another tool to be able to handle easily the, those feathers for fly tying. I've watched some of the YouTube videos with the magic tool. It's fascinating to watch somebody use that. I haven't used it myself. We sell them at the store, but what was your, how did you come up with the magic tool? Just kind of like a clamp to hold the material? I mean, the, the magic tool is, I remember when I gave the name of that tool, I said, maybe you are a little bit, oh, a little bit too much. But uh, I must say that it is a very, very nice tool because it's uh, the easiest, the quickest way to be able to combine different colors together whatever the amount of feather you want to get on one tool and one uh, run and it's really easy to get rid of what we don't want to have when you, we uh, um, use the CDC which is a stem. The stem is too stiff so it's nearly impossible to hackle it properly and by doing that you have absolutely no problem of quality, quantity and colors to combine together. And uh, why I do develop that? I mean, if you tie, if you tie flies every day, uh, one day you, you, you've got the idea and, and you come with a tool. It's all. So I've seen behind you, there's some pretty amazing grayling pictures. Are there grayling in Switzerland? Yeah, we, we do have quite a few grayling. And uh, you have in Europe grayling up to Lapland. And actually those pictures are coming from Lapland. I was fishing there last uh, summer. And this is a fantastic fish. I know that here you do not have a lot, but this is a very, very good fish for fly fishing. Right. Actually, the English in England, we have been fishing those for years and years, maybe 200 years. And in France also, we do fish a lot of grilling. The, the dorsal fin on them is like, I can't even describe it. And then they also have a very small mouth. Yes. So does that make it harder to set the hook on them? Absolutely, you're totally right. And the, the, the mouse is smaller and a little bit uh, um, down compared to the to the trout. So, uh, in fact, you have to to strike a little bit later to make sure that you will hook and uh, to be very gentle on your striking. Right. And you also have your line of scissors. I'm guessing those are just probably crazy sharp. Yes, and uh, we do have a, a factory in Switzerland who are specialized in uh, making those scissors. And uh, I designed a few scissors, I mean, in fact, I have only three, which are dedicated to a different style of uh, tying. I mean, the, the long one, the long blade is dedicated to the magic tool, and the, the straight point is to clean up the body, and the curve is uh, when you use a, a curve hook, and so you can follow the, the shape of the body. And you also have, so it looks like, I just normally see CDC in its natural color, but it's able to take dye as well? 
Yeah, um, but there is a lot of... That's a good question. Because of the oil, it's got to be harder pregnant. Yeah, I mean, if you use a, a traditional way of dyeing uh, feathers, you will absolutely ruin everything. Actually, this is what's happened many years ago, probably 10 years ago, and people get scared about using dyed feathers uh, uh, because of the quality uh, you have. In fact, what I am using is a cold dyeing process, non-acid, and uh, some dyeing process can be over one week to get the right color. But I don't want to damage the, the, the feather itself. And uh, if you look at uh, with a binocular, I mean a microscope, you will see that in my CDC dye, you still have grease in it. Fantastic. And I can't see from here, what's to the left? The little boxes? Yeah, I mean, this is the, the magic head. Okay. And, and this is something uh, quite oh, interesting, yeah. which, uh, which give life to your streamers because uh, it moves side to side. And it's like it, a little funnel? Yes, absolutely. And it can pop in front or on the back. So you can use it uh, on, the, on the back like an epoxy head, but this is soft. Or you can pop it the other way around and you, we get a wiggling effect. Okay. Now I want to bring this around to Swiss food. What would be something that my friend owns a Swiss food import company. So I've been a little spoiled uh, with some of the things he feeds us, especially chocolates. What are some things that Americans need to know about Swiss food? Of course, they should have a fondue. Fondue. I'm actually uh, at about half an hour where the fondue with the gruyere fromage is coming. And this is probably the best you can find. What about, do you do raclette? Yes, Raclette is about uh, another 200 kilometer in Valis, in the, the, another region, which is also, uh, I mean, don't forget that uh, Switzerland was a, a very, uh, uh, very poor, in a way, country only uh, 100 or 120 years ago, and a lot of farmers was living there. So you have not a fancy uh, cooking in, in Switzerland, but a lot of product coming from farm, and especially everything which turns around the cheese. Well, I could talk about that for hours, but I don't know. And also, your vices. Let's finish up on, uh, on your vices. So what sets them apart from others? Um, maybe because I've been using many vices, and because I've been tying as a professional fly tire, uh, you know, when, when you are tying like 12 hours a, a, a day, you will probably uh, rapidly be upset for, uh, about something which is on the way when you are tying, which is not something too small or whatever. And uh, after so many years, I designed my own vice because I know what I want and I know what I don't want in fly tying. So maybe it's, uh, it's like uh, if you compare uh, F1 race compared to some, somebody who just use a car. Uh, but never forget that in F1 we will probably uh, develop some technique that which will be in the car you are going to buy in two or three years. And what is good for me as a professional flight tire, which means having the shoulder very low and make my life relax when I am tying is also good for anybody even if you are tying just a couple of hours a day absolutely fantastic where can listeners find your, your website social media where can we purchase your materials and tools 
I mean, I'm distributed by Airline Dubbing in, in the U.S., and you can always find my uh, product on www.petitjean.com. Petitjean.com. Petitjean for the Yanks. Yes. Thank you so much. I've been passing you for years, and you're always so busy, so glad I got a chance to stop in. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Oh, all right, Sunday morning, we have Dave Brandt, and uh, you've been telling some pretty awesome stories this weekend, so... I want to. Hear, I was told to ask you about the Chinese story. I don't know if you can tell that one. Oh, the guy that brought the gauges. I have no idea. I never met the guy before. He pulls up yesterday, and we've, we're having difficulty conversing. But when I finally start getting the gist of what he's saying, he wants to buy thousands of my hackle gauge, and we finally worked it out. I'm mailing him when I get home two thousand of those gauges, and he gave me an envelope of hundreds before he left. Wow. So. <laughs> I think I'm only making a, f- a few cents on each one over what I paid for them 30 years ago, but I'm not sure. i got to go home and dig out the old paperwork. Fantastic. See, it helps to save things from back in the day. My wife always yelled me to throw them out, but you never know. That's true. And the funny part is I was tickled that somebody finally looked at that and saw the value. I, you may or may not know that's the only damn gauge out here that's got it, it looks at the finished product. There's lots of gauges by which we can select a hackle to tie the fly, plenty of them. But if you take that maybe properly sized feather and wrap it around too much stuff, it comes out larger than you had planned. And if you never look back at the fly and measure, you never know that. And you're like seven seven out of ten tires, traditional drives, maybe eight, are tying largely than they think they are. Gets, ask them for some size 12 like Cahill's and look at them hard. You'll probably find them to be 11 or maybe a 10. And they never know that if they don't look back. Yeah. Lefty Cray, when he first saw this, when I first developed it, and I was showing it to, to him, and he knew that quick. Wow, he says, what a great idea. I wish I had thought of that. Well, unfortunately, you got to have a distributorship, marketing. I never had any of that, so I make about enough money to keep myself in Newcastle at the shows. Yeah. That's about it. So always bring Dave a Newcastle if you're coming to the shows. And you can have a gauge. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so I, I've been hearing stories, Art Flick, uh, Lee Wolf, um, and you're up at the Catskills where all the traditional American fly fishing started. And you're tying some pretty amazing classic Catskill-style flies. When did you get into those? Oh, 40 years ago, maybe. And the only reason I did it is because it's easy. I think everybody else has moved on to tie the kind of stuff you're doing, right. and I'm still back tying Kales and Hendrickson's. Yeah. But I had a leg up by knowing all those people, and it, it was just wonderful to have been brought up at that time in that area. Art Flick was a close buddy. He's had dinner at my house. He was just a great guy. He, he's been a curmudgeon. Like Vince, like Lee at times in their early years. But by the time I met most of those guys, they were mellow and wonderful to me. So when I hear a story about some old-timer who used to be kind of nasty and somebody don't like him, I'm thinking, wow, you know, I, I'd rather not hear that. Yeah. These are all buddies. And I never had any experiences like that. So, But it's been a fun game, just fishing, having fun. And your home waters are up in the Catskills. Yep. Uh, the Delaware system is 90% of it. I like to go to Labrador for those brookies like that one. 
The picture of your son. Yes, the picture <laughs> of my son with Lee Wolf. <laughs> exactly. Montana, I haven't been for 20 years. I, I regret to say I'll be back, but I live where some pretty good fishing, so my favorite, of course, is the branch of the Delaware. Spent a lot of time there, but it's as much hunting as fishing. Right. But some wonderful fish. And I've been hearing there's a lot of people coming by talking about clubs and presidents. So what organization or, or organizations are you involved with? Well, I've been involved with Trout Unlimited for years. In fact, the damn fools in my own chapter renamed it a few years ago, the Dave Brandt chapter. That's a little embarrassing. But maybe they know something I don't know about that's my like, own health. <laughs> my shirt says celebrity on it, and that's yeah. embarrassing. I know. it. You can't wear these shirts anywhere except here. Yeah, it's $50. <laughs> I know. Of course. It's right. more money for the house. Yeah. But I've been in, uh, involved in TU for 40 years. I'm on the board at the museum, uh, which we're going through interesting times. Uh, Jimmy Cruel, the outgoing exec, said that the American Museum is always copying us. He was always mad. We have a flea market or something to raise some money. They have one. He says they're copying us. Well, the other day, when Jim was done and he's on his way home, he tells me the girl that ran the American Museum in Vermont quit, too. He says, they're still copying us. Yeah. <laughs> I All love right. it. Well, we got some, I want to talk to uh, Aaron here with Umqua. Hey, man. You're not tying this year. Fuck no. Yeah. A civilian. <laughs> <laughs> Hell no. Still, he's not a civilian. I'm all done with uh, buying, I don't know, 1,500 hooks from Fly Shack. Uh, you guys know that's my hook of choice, other than the uh, Matsuos. And I'm done tying now. I'll tell you all about that on the way home. But for now, I'm going to go finish up the podcasting and uh, see how, how and who and what we can get on here. So uh, hold tight and we'll see. All right, Meredith McCord. No, uh, not Meredith McCord. A little bit, a little bit more ego yeah. there. So we are at the Ross Reels booth, and, and this is all revamped, made in Colorado. Let's let's talk about bringing Ross Reels back, especially the you know the flower petal patterns. <laughs> yeah, thanks. We're actually back to being a small company owned by Mayfly Outdoors, which also has Able Reels, and so we're small, nimble. We've got five new reels coming out in 18 months. Uh, as discussed, we've got the Cimarron Two is our newest edition. Replaced the, the workhorse CLA. Beefed up drag, Frank Lloyd Wright inspired porting, uh, and we've got yeah, we've got our engineer is really cool, and he looks at porting on a reel and calls it windows. So he's sitting at home one day. His wife has a Frank Lloyd Wright book out. She's a teacher. I'm going over a lesson, and he goes, "Huh, wonder if Art Deco would work." So he comes to work the next day with it scratched out on a napkin and asks me, "Hey, do you think you could sell this?" And I said, "Make it, make it now while we can." And so the big thing is we're getting back to putting big drag knobs on it so you get a hold of it, big handles, all machined, so you, you know, have something you can grip onto. So many reels now are smooth, it's tough to get a hold of anything. We're also coming out this spring, this is kind of the big announcement of the show, the Colorado LT. The original Colorado was back in the early, 90, early to mid-90s, click Paul, very simple reel. And in that vein, we wanted to make a modern, large arbor click Paul reel with a really cool design. As, as you're saying, oh, kind of a lotus flower look to it. Uh, very, very light, under three ounces in the, in the uh, three to four weight reel. All metal components with a uh, canvas micarta handle, which is actually... What was that again? Canvas micarta, or phenolic rod, or G10 for all your knife guys. All right. It's a, that's the handles they put on knives. It's where they lay, carb lay canvas, the actual cloth, and then put it in a special type of epoxy. It comes into a big hard rod and you can machine it down. 
completely impervious to anything you can throw at it chemically, cold, heat, what have you. But the best part is when it gets wet, it gets grippier. And so that's our big like thing. That. Yeah, that's our big thing with doing it. I need that, that for my shoe bottoms. <laughs> that would be nice in the river, right? No, I'm talking like grocery store. Oh, <laughs> that would be good. Yeah, especially living in Colorado. It's more ice than anything else we deal with. But th- this is kind of our trial run for it. We're going to do it on this reel, and we'll likely be seeing those on a lot of our reels going forward. It's very lightweight, but incredibly durable. We've got a lot of, we're still working on the color combinations, but there's definitely going to be the, the world-famous black, you know, probably a silver. And the nice little clicker cover you see that we can see, <laughs> we actually engraved the Colorado or engraved a mountain scene on it, along with our Made in the USA. Any particular range? Actually, it's supposed to look like the Uncompagres, okay. San Juans, I should say, um, right outside our factory in Montrose. I haven't been down. I was 17 last time I was down that way. It's awesome, yeah. and the fish and the fishing is fantastic too. But we're really going, our big thing is, you know, American made, you know, for a reasonable price. We don't, we know, there are plenty of Korean made reels out there selling for two, for $300. So we said, hey, we can make it in the USA and make it better. Yeah, and absolutely. That's where we're going with it. We're going to do a couple of revamped reels by the show in, in the summertime. And next, this is our freshwater year. Next year's our saltwater reel. We've got, we've got some big saltwater stuff going on here pretty quick. Awesome. We got some anodized colors as well. Yep. We did a limited edition run this, this winter with, uh, a what we're calling amethyst jade and turquoise uh real good sellers really cool and different uh also a little trial run to see what we're going to do in the future kind of play with a little bit of color how about this big guy here this is some spay line action you got it we're it looks like it's kind of old it just looks old it looks old and what we did is we uh when we dropped the cla a lot of our spay guys were really upset because it's a heavy heavy reel and they like that to balance out the two-handed rods so what we decided to do is make the animus with a, available with a solid spool. So affectionately referred to as the spanimus, just around the office for right now. It does. It looks just like a classic old school fly reel, but it adds a ton of weight to it, which is, you know, even though it's heresy, but for the spay guys, they yeah, want that it. balance. <clears throat> exactly. And they can really put a lot of, a lot of line Fat on the shipper type. Exactly. Yeah. And so we're going to offer that in a 910 size, well, the animus 910, and then the 1112, so we can have spay and then spay XL. All so right. you can do anything from an eight weight on this one up to, or sorry, up to an eight weight on the big one, and you know six, seven weight on this guy. Speaking of animus, how's the river doing? River's fine. That was one of the most overblown things you could you could imagine. The uh, the shop in, in Durango, Duranglers had. He said he he was he was crossing himself as he said. I wish the terrorists would blow something else up just so they get the news off of the off of the river because that was the only thing worth reporting. That mine spills every year. It spilled every year for a hundred years, right. and it's actually not man-made chemicals are actually from the mountains you go up there where that river starts the river's yellow that's just its natural state with all the metals that are in it, it I've never down- seen all these tail like there's just little mines all over those mountains Everywhere. with like every color of the rainbow seeping out of it exactly and you see that some of the modern ones are bad chemicals those are the ones that really have to take care of those they just let sit because again it looks terrible doesn't hurt the bugs, doesn't hurt the fish. I was fishing it a week after it happened because no one was out, and it was awesome. Nice. Yeah, and so it, the, the only thing I had to worry about was the agricultural side. They couldn't pump that stuff out of the field because that could leach into the plants, but it blew through in a day, you know, and that's it. So it's, it's gone, and it's still fishing. Excellent. Is the artist Christo still planning to drape the river in canvas? <laughs> I didn't hear about that, but that uh, wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. Yeah, and tell us about this image here. Oh, that's, they, see, that's being a grocery store. That is a fat guy falling in a river, is uh, what that's affectionately referred to. <laughs> no, we uh, we did the we did a photo shoot, and this is November on the Colorado. Yep. So they show up with um, morning, morning. Show up with 
five, they say, bring five, bring five shirts. And I'm like, all right, cool. I figure we're going to do a photo shoot that ends up with, you know, all of us looking like we're fishing on different days. And they said, oh, no, Mark, go out there on that rock and we're going to have you fall in the river. I'm like, the hell you, you on about? Me. And they said, oh, yeah, we saw you were a Division One swimmer, so we figured you're the safe one, you're not going to drown. Great, thanks, guys. So five takes later of going in the Colorado in November, we finally have a video, which is on the website. It's pretty dang funny. Um, and, and a bunch of good still shots as well. And the, uh, the funniest part of it, though, if you watch the video, great guy from Colorado, Brandon Susie's helping me out of the water. I am six inches from shore. I reach up to take his hand. I go to put my foot down. Six inches from shore, I'm right over my head again. And so him, him laughing, the video helped me off. It's completely natural because he just watched me disappear. <laughs> it's fun. I actually saw a photo shoot like that. So I go down to this waterfall in Northern Virginia. It's right outside the Beltway. And there's a shirtless dude under the waterfall flexing. And this girl's like, oh, honey, you're so big. And she's, like, taking pictures with DSLR. And then there's, like, five different button downs. And he proceeds to take one, put it on, go under the waterfall, flex. I thought it was, like, a Jersey Shore scene. Oh, my God. That's ridiculous. Oh, my gosh. Way to look like a bunch of fools. And you look like Zane Lamprey from uh, the drinking shows there. <laughs> Someone told me that one, too. They told you the same thing. I'll tag him on... Uh, on social media. Speaking of social media, what, what are you guys under? Uh, at Ross Reels on Instagram, Ross Reels on Facebook, and at Ross Reels on Twitter. Awesome. All three of the above. Thanks for bringing everything back. Thank you, and it's good to be back and good to be you know, back to making stuff in Colorado. Awesome. All right, thanks so much. Hi. Let us discuss Jersey salads. How's your Jersey salad this year? Fantastic. I was looking for the uh, Jersey sauce to complement my Jersey salad, though. Jersey sauce is at Pops's. I think it's, that's what's called at Adams Morgan, D.C., folks. So we got Dan. We're with Healing Waters now. What's new? Uh, we're growing. You know, we're up to over, over 200 programs nationwide. All right, we had an interruption. We we're talking with Dan Morgan about what's new with Healing Waters. Uh, what? What's new? <laughs> Uh, Healing Waters, we're uh, serving uh, more and more injured and disabled veterans uh, than ever before. Our program is growing. Uh, we're in all 50 states, uh, over 200 programs now, and uh, in this past year alone, we served over 7,000 uh, injured and disabled active duty military and disabled veterans in the, in the United States. I met a, a guy here yesterday, I don't want to say who he is, but he honestly said Healing Waters saved his life, that he was, he, he didn't want to live after his tours and he said that he got involved in it and that's the reason he's alive today made the hair in my arm stand up we uh, are, are fortunate and uh, privileged to be able to do what we do and those are uh, you know incredible sentiments gives you gives you goosebumps and and we uh, do hear them quite frequently uh, but it's totally our privilege to, to serve those who have served yeah and we're in Germany now we are in Germany, so we have our first uh, program overseas in, in Germany, uh, working with uh, U.S. military service members and veterans over there. It's very exciting. We got the big 10-year anniversary two-fly coming up? We do. It's going to be a, a great celebration of uh, the past 10 years of our organization, uh, bringing together you know, our, our friends, our partners, our supporters, our volunteers, and, and veterans from, from the past 10 years at, at Rose River Farm at the end of April. I hope it's above 40 degrees this year. Me too. Are you going to be guiding at it? Yeah. Good. Good. Absolutely. Bring that Jersey sauce to Rose River. Oh, dude. I think it's the capers in it, man. And they're all eating fried blue catfish in there, like local. It kind of looked good. I'm not going to eat catfish or fish, man, that restaurant. 
And the drink in D.C. now is the Orange Crush. Really? But it's like orange juice and vodkas and orange liqueurs. They had a pretty good one. Expensive. All right. I didn't know it was $10 when I ordered a pint. Orange liqueurs. I'm, I'm, I'm not into that. It was good. Not happening. Yeah. I think you're supposed to use like Stoli Orange or something. <laughs> in every pair of Tecovis boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. Tecovis boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tecova store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. Visit tecovas.com, that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and don't go gently, y'all. Got uh, COO David Folkerts, the pizza man. New shirt on David. Looking good. What's going on? We'll catch up with David. You want, you want to say hi? Hey, how's it going, guys? Glad you're following or listening to the uh, Fly Fishing Consultant uh, podcast. It's an excellent podcast. I personally listen to it on my commutes to work often. And uh, nothing but props to Rob Snow White here for a great job he does with it. And uh, also the support he does for Project Killing Waters as a volunteer throughout the years. So, Once Kiersey goes back to school, maybe I can get back up to yeah. Walter Reed. Hopefully. That'd be yeah. great. Great to have you back. I think I should get this mic out of your face so you can stuff yourself with pizza. I agree. All right. Hey, do you remember the walking stick from Different Strokes? I don't. You, it was a module. You could unscrew it. It had, like, beef jerky in it. and that, it was, that kid reminds me of... I got to put that clip up. Do you remember Different Strokes, right? Oh, yeah. What's happening, yeah. Willis? You see right. the uh, right-angled mullet is back today? He's back, dude. It is... Sharp angles on yeah. that. Yeah. Sharp. There's a kid here that looks like the Beebs. You want to see a picture of him? I do. I do. <laughs> I'm going to show it to my daughter and she'd be like, Bieber? All right. Let's see. Do, 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 do. No, I want camera roll. It's the Beebs. Yeah. The Beebs fly fishes. Do you know Justin Bieber was here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll let you guys eat. We're going to talk about the Norwegian Fly Fishing Club. Okay. So are there dues to join the club? <clears throat> no, actually, it's not a club. It's not? Okay. It's a lodge. Right. Yeah. So where, where's the lodge located? We're near Trondheim, about an hour and a half away from the city. Easy to get to. Fly right into Trondheim from pretty much any major city in Europe. We're talking mostly Atlantic salmon? All Atlantic salmon. There's some sea trout that are three, four, five pounds, but nobody targets those. Everyone's chasing 20, 30, 40 pound Atlantic salmon. You know, there's something else out there when they're not going after those browns. I mean, yeah. those are considered bycatch. Yeah, hard to believe someone doesn't want to chase three pound fish when they can catch 20 pound fish. What sort of uh, tackle setup does someone need to fish for these? So our season's June, July, August. So in June, there's big water in the river. You need a 15 foot. 10 weight rod to get the job done a lot of rod and then by the middle of July you can get by with a 13 foot 8 weight by the end of July even a single handed rod will work what changes over the season well we're a spate river meaning uh, there are no dams so if it rains or the snow melts uh, we get a lot of water in the river it can go up and down pretty quickly Um, so conditions can change day to day what about flies? Are you throwing tubes, articulated, stuff with the two hooks? 
We're doing all tube flies pretty much. I mean, some people come fish traditional flies. Uh, most people are doing tubes, not big flies. Uh, one of the interesting things that we're trying to get people to do in Europe is convert from the traditional sort of treble hook setup on a tube fly to single or double hooks. Is it colors that they like or depth versus presentation? You just have to get it near them? Yeah, Atlantic salmon, um, I don't know that anyone will ever figure out Atlantic salmon, but um, a lot of the traditional flies uh, are dark green and black colors, um, temple dogs, uh, sun rays, flies like that. Does it sound like you have a Norwegian accent? So how did you get into all of this? Oh, I have this perfect uh, Norwegian accent. You can't hear it? <laughs> um, no, I work with the owners of the lodge. I've been here in the United States in the fishing business for a number of years. I help them with their marketing here in the United States. All right. Now I want to talk about the food over there. Uh, it's good. Besides the aquavit. Yeah, the food's good, especially after aquavit. The food's really good. Yeah. Um, we try to mix uh, some of the uh, traditional Norwegian game fare, like reindeer or herring or mackerel in, with uh, more uh, accepted kinds of food that Americans are used to when they visit a lodge. Do you know the name of that Christmas kind of gingerbread? You kind of it, It's like extruded. It looks like, like Play-Doh, and then you eat it, and you're like, damn, this is not Play-Doh. Because Play-Doh's salty. Yeah. I used to eat it. I, I don't think... No, I don't think I do. Dude, I, you got to look for that. Yeah. I, I can't even describe it. It looks like cookie dough that was just put to a pastry bag and then baked. I mean, we do have the traditional Norwegian pancakes, which is like a thin, uh, small pancake. Uh, it's almost more like a, um, a crepe, basically. Some berry sauce on it. Lingonberry yeah, Swedish. Lingonberry Swedish, but, you know, sometimes those things wander across yeah. the border. What about cheese? There's some local cheeses that are, would taste very familiar to Americans, you know, more like a Swiss or a mild cheddar cheese. All right. Any uh, Henrik Ibsen plays that go on up there? No, but we have a guide who looks like uh, Edvard Munch's The Scream. Whoa. <laughs> if that means anything. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> Frightening thought. That painting, wasn't that stolen not too long ago? I think it was. Yeah. And possibly returned. How often do you get to go over and, and swing? Yeah, I get to go once a year. Uh, this year in July. Last year, June, which is sort of the end of the big water. Um, this year in July, I'm kind of excited because I think it'll be a chance maybe to skate some dry flies. And I'm looking at the roof. So you guys have, I've seen that, I haven't seen it in person, but in Siberia, I know they have that. And actually, will, goats will climb up and eat the grass on the roof. Is that just for keep rain from running off and insulation yeah it's a traditional that that's a really traditional norwegian roof um it's handy if you have a goat on the roof you don't have to pull a lawnmower up there. i want a goat so bad <laughs> they taste good too yeah so um, who was saying that the other day yeah Here. these are great i mean it insulates the building really well and if you take care of it actually it'll last a long long time fantastic so yeah. since it's not a real club per se there's no password to get in and there's no secret handshake? No, the only uh, orientation is bring a bottle of Akavit when you come and probably get you a membership. Fantastic. Where can we find you guys all over the interwebs? We're at uh, www.nfc-online.com. Awesome. Very cool. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Rob. Talk to you later. Yeah.
Let's talk about Belcampo. Where's Belcampo located? Belcampo is located in southern Belize in Belize's Toledo district, uh, far southern Belize, uh, near the Guatemalan border, not far from Guatemala. So uh, we're all the way far south. And tropical. It looks pretty Total tropical. Yeah, complete tropical destination. Very much in the rainforest. We're uh, located on the Rio Grande, so uh, we're about roughly seven river miles inland. So yeah, it's a very much a lush tropical rainforest environment. Howler monkeys in the trees, incredible birds, the whole nine yards. So does the, uh, I'm guessing that's brackish then, seven miles up? Yeah, it's get, you're, we're gonna do a bit of brackish water fishing for tarpon and for snook, but uh, predominantly what our guests are coming for is flats fishing. Okay, so the, the, the Grand Slam, typical? Fish. Yeah, you know, our guests are coming for I would say number one permit. We've got an outstanding permit fishery, so that would be really our, our most prominent species. Uh, tarpon obviously would be uh, high on the list, and bonefish as well. Uh, having said that, there's you know the usual cast of characters you might find in a Caribbean fishery: stuff that'll bend your rod, like jacks, barracuda, snappers, etc., so forth. So so there's there's a lot of fish there to target. There's one thing I've learned about jacks: those things bleed. <laughs> I don't know what it is. They're like the hemophiliacs of fish. <laughs> they can be. Yeah. They can be. They pull hard, though. They're yeah. fun fish. For pound for pound. Some of the strongest fish yeah. you're ever going to find anywhere, yeah. you know. So, I mean, they, they don't get the attention they deserve, I think, from anglers. But, uh, I mean, they're really cool fish to have in the mixed bag of, 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 of any daily catch, really. You know, it's a great fish. So what kind of packages, day-wise and guides, do you offer? Well, we are pretty lucky in that we have five flights a day that come into Punta Gorda. So we can offer you any array of, uh, of, of, of days fishing and nights at the lodge. So we totally customize our packages for every client. So basically you come to us and tell us how many days you want to fish, when you want to come in, and uh, we'll build a package around that. You know, we'll program on other activities as well as, uh, as you'd like. You know, everything from Mayan ruin tours to uh, bird watching to uh, cultural excursions to local villages and markets. And, and we have land-based guides on staff that specialize in all those activities as well. So a spouse like mine that doesn't fish and could care less about, like, she would consider this room we're in hell right now. Uh, so they can go do like mine ruins and yeah. go check out markets. No, we, we, uh, I'd like to think we do that kind of trip uh, better than anybody nice. in the business. I mean, angler, non-angler trips has been a big part of our, our, uh, our growth over the last couple of years. So uh, for the non-angler, a lot happens there, definitely. Uh, you know, like I mentioned, you know, a few of the activities, but uh, we have a 3,000-acre organic farm on site. So there's farm tours. There's cooking workshops. We, we grow our own cacao. So there's a bean-to-bar chocolate-making class that we offer as well with a Belcampo chocolatier. So, you know, for the non-angler, a lot happens, you know. So they're far from, far from bored at the lodge, yeah. that's for sure. Is there a seasonality to your fishing? Well, the species that, that we've already talked about, are they're there all year, obviously. But uh, for, for, for the highest percentage window for, for great sight fishing opportunities and for good fishing, great weather... I'd like to see you come mid-March through mid-June, maybe the first week of June, right around in there. It's like spring break right there. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, perfect timing. I mean, obviously, it's whenever you can get away is a good time to come. But, uh, you know, that time period I just outlined is, uh, that's really the high percentage time, you know, where you're going to have your best shot at at good side fishing conditions and a a good mixed bag of fish. I don't want to scare people, but what kind of awesome, huge bugs do you have around there? (laughs) Well, I'd be I, so, so stoked just to, that, that's what I, you I know, mean, grew up studying. You know, obviously you're, you're, you're right in the rainforest. So 
if you're interested in such things and you want to go out and find them, yeah, you'll go out and find them. Uh, but uh, insofar as if, are you going to interact with that kind of stuff at the lodge or in your room? Definitely not. You know, everything, your, your room, all the rooms feature a, a, a screened veranda. So you, you can sit out there and take your coffee in the morning or any time of day, enjoy the jungle from the privacy of your room, and, but you're protected from it. You know, you're not going to have even a mosquito in your room. You know, it's a very, very cool environment and a great place to uh, experience the jungle without having it uh, in your face, so to speak. Awesome. And I'm sure the, the cacophony of bugs at night is probably pretty it's cool. It's incredible. I mean, it's literally, it's a symphony of sound you know, all night long and in the morning. Uh, we have resident troops of howler monkeys right there at the lodge as well. So I don't know. Have you ever had experience with howlers? No, I was in the Amazon, but we didn't get deep enough. And then, of course, I got laid off from Smithsonian Tropical Research Institute. It's Abby's doppelganger. Uh-oh. <laughs> you know Abby from Flyman Fishing? No, I don't. I'll show you the picture from last night. <laughs> so she's with friends in the Upper Delaware. She walked past me with the clipboard. I'm like, hey, Abby. And the girl keeps walking. I was like, oh, that was kind of rude. And then Abby walks past me a minute later in a different outfit. And I'm like, wait a second. Uh-oh. Like, the same glasses, the same leggings yesterday, the same smile. <laughs> it was bizarre. Total doppelganger. Yeah. So I, I found them both in the lobby at the same time. And, like, they didn't even know they had doppelgangers. <laughs> I, hope, I hope mine's not yeah. here. So I heard one, something really interesting once. Like, the guy from the Amazon, like, was taken out. Like, he, they were bringing him to, like, New York or something. And interviewing him about like the life and the culture he said he's never heard quiet in his life <laughs> that dead quiet silence does not exist in a rainforest no, there's, there's, no just, point. there's just too much life you yeah. know there's way too much life i mean everything from insects to birds to monkeys and beyond you know so frankly at night a lot of stuff comes out to play so you know you hear a lot of sound but it's a it's a it's a pleasant sound you know it's a, It'll lull you to sleep. At least it does me. And, you know, the monkeys, for example, are just fascinating. You know, they make a lot of noise. And if you've never been around them, they'll, they'll startle you at first to, to, when you hear them, you know, because they're, they're, very, they're very vocal, you know. And the you troops... fill up that big focus. Oh, man, yeah. So, the, so they, they, let e- they let each other know the limits of their territories. so you know? cool. You're living what I wanted to do all, like, growing up and through college. Like, <laughs> being in a rainforest with all those things. And yeah. then throw fishing on top of it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely... Uh, it's a blessing to be down there, you know. It's a fun place to spend time. And, man, if you like fishing and you like the outdoors, it's it's pretty outstanding. No question. I have to give you guys a call coming up. Yeah, we have to change our, our Asheville, North Carolina vacation to Belize. <laughs> it's not a bad idea. Are there? I know you can go down there. There's no extradition to America, right? Luckily for you, no. Yeah, all right. <laughs> if I speed, I'm not going down there. I got that parking ticket recently. No, it could oh. be a good place for you to escape. They might not find you down there. Yeah. Where can we find you guys online? You can find us at uh, www.belcampobz.com. Check us out there, and you'll get uh, all the information you need on uh, what we offer as a lodge and as a fishing destination. Sounds awesome. Thanks. Thanks very much. All right. All right, Will, let's talk about Kamchatka. Is it uh, as awesome as everyone wants it to be and says it is? It's probably better. I think that, you know, most of the articles and stuff undersell it. And it, it, it's the size of California with one dirt road, one-third of the world's Pacific salmon, 15,000 brown bears. We operate on a 120-mile-long spring creek that we're the only ones on. And it's just meat flies. They're not shy of anything you throw. So two years ago, I'm standing in the river catching ba- rainbows on bass poppers, and I watched an adult mink get in the river and once it got into knee-deep water, the rainbows were trying to eat that adult mink. It's a two-foot-long animal. 
goodness. That's insane. Is it kind of like you just want to throw what you can catch them you all? You can throw anything. There is no such thing as the right fly pattern. You just throw it out, fish it through. They're going to eat it every and time. They're not leader shy. We use 15-pound test, maximum ultra green tippet. Wow. Six-foot leaders. And the whole thing about eating strange, Pat Cohen just said a guy caught a Dorado mm-hmm. off of Baja or something with his Big Ben 12-inch rat fly. We, a couple years ago, we had some guys come and they took the emblem off of a Crown Royal bag. Yeah. And we made a fly with the two tassels, the gold tassels and the emblem. Right. And I have video of rainbows just attacking that thing. Oh, my God. So you get spoiled. Ruined. Yeah. yeah. Like, you don't want to fish other places you know i'm a fisherman at heart so i still fish even in colorado and stuff when i'm home but it's a different perspective because it is what everyone envisions they you know that that dream to be that was fisher when i pulled the boat up to the bank and it makes a big bang the rainbows come and look see what's going on we jump out of the boat you cast right behind where we just landed a boat it's like discovering you like when Darwin got to the Galapagos and you could pick up flamingos and walk around with them because deal. they don't know what we are. Oh, I get within feet of foxes. I've had mink climb over my feet while I'm wait, standing on the bank. That sounds awesome regardless of the fishing. It is, and it's beautiful. One of the things that makes Kamchatka different is it's not tundra. It's big trees. We have huge birch forests, huge tamarack forests, huge... Huge cottonwood forest. It's it's really pretty and super green. And how's the travel to get there? It's easy. You go to Anchorage. It's four and a half hours, and we're there. What are the price packages? So we run three separate programs. Sixty-eight ninety-five is for our float trip from Petropavlovsk. Our jet boat program is eighty-one ninety-five, and then two years ago I started a full flyout program. And that's $71.95 plus we split the helicopter time used during the week in four. So that comes out around $11,000, grand. Man, so, yeah, dude. I want to be in your shoes. What kind are you wearing? <laughs> yeah, you got comfy shoes on regardless right now. Where can we find you guys online and, and follow your adventures? www.thebestofkamchatka.com. And I also have a pretty big Facebook web page that I, or a Facebook page for The Best of Kamchatka. And uh, just look that up. I put stuff up all the time. We have lots of videos and photos. And awesome. Well, I hope we can do a podcast from there at some point. I have a satellite phone. Oh, awesome. We have to make that work somehow. I can do it. But I want to do it in person there. All right. <laughs> Bring some friends. Yes. All right. Thank you so much. All right, Rob. Thanks. This is the last interview of the day. We've got Mike. How do you say your last name? Kasarjan. You probably did that over in... Uh, Florida, but I was so beat. So what's new since Orlando? Well, we got a few new hats added to the line, a couple new t-shirts, but uh, the main thing is uh, our lanyard, a little different than anything on the market. Um, but, uh, you can use it around your neck, and you, you can also attach it to your waders without a neck strap, and it is just a, a bare bones, just like our bug visor kit, so you have all your stuff on you, and uh, it's a simplified I could stick that just in the cup holder of my drift boat, too. Yeah, very very small. Oh, nice. You know, you can break it down. You don't have to wear a necklace. Uh, you can just attach it to your clothes, and it fixes to anything. So. All right. Yeah. 
Now, for those that didn't listen to iCast podcast, you want to talk about the other products you guys have? It's like modular. Yeah, you know, we're trying to create stuff, and, and, and you know, I've got stuff in the back burner, too, that, that will actually come out and, and bring these things all together as a system. Um, so it's hard to see that right now with just a few pieces, but, uh, you know, we're small, so we got to start off slow, and in the end here, the, the end, end goal is to have a, a system uh, that where, where things just all fit together. I think our nose hair is being filmed right now. Yeah. Um, I have them going on, too. <laughs> so we've got hats that you can stick your flies onto without yeah. having to stick them into the hat where they're going to get stuck forever. Yeah, all the loop side of Velcro and the patch. Uh, all of our patches are the loop side of Velcro. So, and so you've got flat bills for those guys yeah. and then curve yeah. for the other yeah. guys. Yeah, the new school, we got flat bills. we got, you know, curve, curve hats for all the old timers. And, and, uh, and we've added, you know, you see three more shirts since the last show and... We're going to keep doing that. We're going to keep adding shirts to the line and not not take any away. You know, a lot of a lot of companies still they'll come out with three or four shirts and then uh, and then they'll do something new the next year and those other ones go away. We're just gonna we're just gonna continue on building a line of stuff that that it's always there. So I like it. Yeah, and it's all inspired by fishing out west. All fishing out west. I'm we're you fish some cold, man. Recently, I've seen some pictures you yeah, posting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. But at yeah. least you're fishing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coeur d'Alene mostly, but we're getting over to Montana and yeah, very good. All right, we'll keep it up. Are yeah. you going to do Lancaster? We are on our way. Yeah, North okay. Carolina. We're doing uh, Lancaster and Pleasanton. All right. Yeah. The, one of the better things of Lancaster, besides it's in the same building as the hotel, there are free whoopie pies at the front desk at night. Oh, you were telling me about Dude, those whoopie pies are criminal. I'm gonna take like ten each night. <laughs> I didn't even know what they were until I looked them up online. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a decent Irish pub around the corner, but yeah, I usually just try and stay in the building. You don't have yeah. to leave. Yeah, you don't have to get your jacket. Right. Yeah. Sunday mornings be real slow. Everyone's still at church. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's interesting. And then yeah. if you get there, you'll be there early. The Amish market. It's the oldest Amish market in the Western Hemisphere. Really? It's across the street and. I've never gotten a chance because I'm always there too late. Maybe but, we'll, we'll walk over there. Yeah. People <laughs> brought me some cheese and products. There's one guy in my club who drives there just to get fresh ground horseradish. Huh. So, <laughs> and it's it was the too. I think it was the only market in the Western Hemisphere that didn't sell slaves at the time. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. And it's a pretty cool college town, so yeah. it's, a, it's a fun place. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm excited to get there. All right. Where can we find not Soup La Fly, but Supple Fly? Supple Fly. We're at uh, SuppleFly.com, and you can email me at SuppleFly at gmail.com. Fantastic. Yeah. All right, I'm going home. Go home. Be I'm safe, tired. buddy. All right, dude. <laughs> All right. So we thought we had finished, but we're in the parking lot, and it's actually hot out here. It is. So, uh... Let's start talking. Introduce yourself. Man. My name's Anthony Presky. I'm from Aquaman Flies. And I tie a bunch of steelhead flies, trout flies, articulated streamers, things of that nature. And your Lady Amherst are pretty colorful. Yeah, yeah. I've been uh, working on dye jobs and everything for the last couple months. Right and, uh, you know, I think we got it dialed in, so hopefully be able to bring it to market, you know, full-fledged. Yeah. You know, but it's hard to compete with like Hairline and these other companies, right. which are great companies. The prices here, though, those are better than yeah, the other. yeah. I have them for twelve bucks a piece, which yeah. uh, you know most places they're twenty. So I'm trying to just keep my market, you know, small or whatever you want to say. Absolutely. And then 
I've never seen the two-toned ones before. It's like dipped yeah. and then double dipped. Yeah, well, what I do is I bleach them out first so that I get rid of the white, the black completely. And then I'll dip it in two different colors so you have a ghost bar as well as, you know, two-tone. Okay. Yeah. So Amherst, is that just kind of for steel headers? Because I've never used it at anything else. San Atlantic salmon flies, yeah. too. Um, you can marry the wings of them. Uh, I mean, I do want them in some trout flies, but it is basically a steelhead thing. Just okay. like the Rhea and everything like that. So, yeah. Yeah. How's the show been going? A lot of traffic? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm here tying. I've sold quite a bit. This is my first one that I'm ever tying at, so it's, you know, been pretty well. Right. I made some money. So. Any other shows coming up? Um, I'm going to do the Tide Fest, I think it is, in yeah. Maryland. That's so. going to be February 20th? Yes. Yeah, that I'll be there, and then I'll be back here next November. You know, okay. it's kind of hard, just like you. I have a family yeah. to get away, so, you know, I'm the normal job. So the Thai Fest, usually we drink Bloody Marys, but it's a new location, so I don't know what we're going to be well, indulging with. I'm allergic to alcohol, oh. so, yeah. I got... you know, that's actually better in the long run. Yeah, it is, yeah. You just feel better when you wake up. Yes, I do, yeah. and, I, and I'm waking up in my bed and not in jail cell. <laughs> so that's yeah. Um, where's the accent from? New York. Queens. New York? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I grew up in All right. Yeah, We're not that far off. I'm from my family's from the Bronx and Long Island. Really, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I grew up in Bayside, so yeah. And Queens apparently has like the best food like going right now. <laughs> in like every kind of nationality is there. Uh yeah, pretty much. In Astoria and stuff. I grew up in Queens and then I moved up here to Jersey when I was old enough to get a house and okay. you know I bought a house up here and it's nice and quiet, no traffic. Well I wouldn't say no traffic, but less traffic. Yeah. You know, I mean stuck on the Long Island Expressway or somewhere like that for three days. Right, right. So Alright. Well you're gonna get a little bit of traffic when you come down towards DC. Yeah, yeah. I'm, well, I'll be coming down with White Water Flies, Greg, me and him. Okay. Partner up. So, um, you know, I'll be sleeping, I guess. Yeah. yeah I never get anyone to drive. Yeah. It's always be solo. Yeah, well, I guess you got to find somebody close to yeah. you. Yeah, I'm about a pound of Coke and then go get a coffee somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know too many spots around here. So, I went to Freddy's last night, or the Chinese place next to Freddy's. Really good food. Freddy's Steak Burger? I, uh, well, there's a Chinese place, Asian Buffet, it's right. called, uh, right next door. It was really good. I mean, we had a good time. You know, Fantastic. A couple of the fellas. All right. How do you like that cast vest? I like it. I like that clothes. Yeah, I mean, I've yeah. got the, the jacket version of that. and it's I've worn that in pouring rain, like downpour, and nothing's gotten through it. Really? Yeah. Really? That was my question about them because, you know, I have a bulkly jacket, and i kind of grown out of a little bit, so uh, I think it's time to get one of these. Yeah. The Hellraisers are nice. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, all their stuff is nice. I have the steel head gloves. They work great. Yeah, everyone so. raves about those. I thought Colby was going to be here, but... No, we actually took his inventory. I guess it costs too much for them to come all the way here. It's yeah. Worth it, especially if they're not selling, you know, and they're just having their... Just showing it. Yeah. Right. So I guess that's expensive yeah. for a new company, a startup. Someone's casting a snappy rod out there. Where can we find Aquaman Flies? We're located in Hamburg, New Jersey, uh, or AquamanFlies.com, or you can give me a call, you know, direct 845-742-8110. Just let me know what you like, and uh, we carry all major fly tying products, and awesome. also some different stuff that you've never seen or heard of. Yeah, man. Open up a DC store, because the other fly shop, I shouldn't say that because I work for another company, but yeah, you know, Urban Angler's gone, so um, yeah, there's no kind of mom pop as you call it fly shop left yeah well i mean i'm lucky enough that i have two i have white water flies and i have tight lines yeah. which i mean they're both 
uh, you know, great shops. Tightlines has everything and anything that you could possibly want. Uh, and, uh, you know, sodas, white water flies. And then you have me, who's, you know, a standalone person doing a mail order out of my home and, uh, you know, trying to make a living doing this. And Do you send Lady Amherst in like a tube? Yeah. Yeah, okay. we put in a little tube and we can ship it off. It's, awesome. Yeah. It's not that bad. Uh, you know, we do free shipping on orders over 25 bucks. Uh, Continental, United States, and yeah. I gotta hide my. My daughter thinks they're swords. <laughs> she and her friends like fight each other. I'm like, no. Yeah. Well, my daughter uses the isobu and makes trees. So yeah. <laughs> um, I guess yeah. My time material has to go away every night. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, very cool. Enjoy this weather, man. I might have to take a layer off for the ride. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Thanks cool. a lot. Bro. All right. I have a good show, nice and we'll see you in February 20th. Yeah. I wish I had a microphone I could wear so I'd have two hands on the steering wheel because my daughter yells at me when I don't have two hands on the wheel, Dad. Uh, where to start, man? That was a that was a fun, it was a fun, exhausting weekend. My dad's all wet because I spilled a drink in my car. Where did we leave off with the behind the scenes? Let's bring it back to Friday night. I decided to do the chill thing because I'm at a, a hotel and there's cable TV stations I don't get and I got a cold beer and I went back to the hotel room. I had a sandwich I'd made the day before. I do have somewhat of an iron stomach in the fact that I can eat a sandwich that was made like 36 hours before as long as it was refrigerated. I had a cold Coors and I watched a movie. Before that, I hung out in the lobby with Dan Davala, which was great hanging out with Dan because I've seen him regularly, you know, almost buy or try weekly for like the last 10 years and having him gone, it's it's sad. You know, we, we all miss him and he's not Mr. Social Media. His cell phone works when he uh, feeds the donkey that, that leads the cart and... Uh, you know, he's not the technology guy, so I got his card and I can email him back and forth at work. And I want to have him go into Tom Rosenbauer's broom closet and I want to hear all about Dan's Orvis travels because uh, they sound pretty great. And I got to see some behind the scenes Orvis work that really impressed me at how hard they, they work to keep the clients happy and satisfied. So after hanging out down there and telling some funny stories with the Orvis guys, and some of the guys from a lodge in Brazil. And one of the funniest things was, the guy from Brazil had us watch a hilarious SNL skit, which I had never seen before. You wanna look up Stakes. S-T-A-N-X. Stakes. So as after that, they all went out to dinner and I just didn't feel like I wanted to go out I was pretty beat so I went upstairs I watched the Wolverine had my cold beer and then I went to open up my second beer and I sipped it and it was all why is that lady walking down the median in Jersey and she's walking along a Jersey wall and uh, you think they would just call them walls here like they just call Swiss cheese cheese in Switzerland and uh, scotch tape is just tape in Scotland actually they call it cello tape I asked a Scottish friend so I go to drink my beer, and it turned out to be a uh, lemon seltzer from Wegmans, and it was the same color as Coors Banquet, the banquet beer. 
And now that I'm doing that voice again, I think maybe I told that story already. You don't use your top lip. You sound like Sam Elliott. Beef. It's what's for dinner. And then, yeah, I got a good night's sleep. And Dan Dow from BTT, Bonefish Tarpon Trust, you'll hear him. We're going to do a specific phoner call in like Donald Trump does. Why does Donald Trump never go on shows like Meet the Press? He never goes on Meet the Press, which I missed today. I should have set the DVR. Um, he always calls in. So that's going to be one podcast you're going to hear in the future. And I woke up and he was in the room in the morning and I ran down. I made a hot dog for breakfast. I had trusty George Foreman in the room with me that I brought. If you don't travel with the George Foreman, you are missing out. It makes the ordinary extraordinary. Saturday was busy. Uh, I tied the morning session so Peter could have the afternoon and that gave me the afternoon to walk around and do the social thing. And we all heard about all the social stuff down there. I didn't get Remick on um, with Team Under Armour, but that dude, if you're not following Fly Times DC, uh, find somebody that's dialed in on the Striper Run on a fly rod. Um, it took some time, but Trent and, and him and uh, and Alex, they figured out big stripers. So I'm going to hope to do that. The show was fun yesterday. I tried to get more people there. The funny story was uh, I was talking to somebody and a girl with glasses walks by and I was like, um, thought it was Abby. I was like, hey, Abby. And this girl with the glasses and black hair and black pants and a clipboard just goes right past me. It's like, that was weird. And about two minutes later, I walked by Abby at a booth and I'm like, hey, you don't have a clipboard. She's like, no. I was like, oh my God, you have a doppelganger here. So afterwards, I meet up with the Healing Waters people and uh, we're going to go out to dinner and I'm waiting for them in the lobby. And you know, I just passed the hotel where my little cousin had his bar mitzvah in, in uh, 1992. I actually remember this stretch of road. My little cousin Nate. So I see Dab Abby's doppelganger in the lobby. And I get a picture and I send it to Abby on Facebook. And then I go into the bar and I'm going to say hi to somebody. And there's Abby right in front of me. And I totally interrupt the dude she's with. I'm like, Abby, sorry guys. I need you right now in the lobby. This is going to be hilarious. She's clueless as to what's going on. I bring her out there and the two of them just started laughing. It was hilarious. Um, they started talking like like they were Siamese twins or something, which is the joke I had on social media. It's not my joke. I got it from Adam Carolla on Loveline back in the day. Why'd the Siamese twins go to London? So the other one could drive. Da -da. So yeah, that's a funny one. I like it. I think it's funny. Think about it. Oh, gotta pause. Sorry about that. That was Morgan checking in on his way home. Let's go, lady. Merge. Come on. There we go. Oh, man, I'm passing a Jersey Diner. If my dad knew I was passing a Jersey Diner and not stopping in, I'd be in trouble. So where was I? So Abby and, and uh, the girl, she turned out to be friends at the Upper Delaware. And again, five years in a row, I think I'm just going to have to call up Joe D and do a one-on-one -on -one podcast because he's with Futter. He, if you don't follow Captain Joe D on Twitter, you really should. 
a lot of very good environmental issues he covers. Uh, really nice guy, and again, he was an Orvis Endorsed Guide of the Year, so um, that means he is he's top notch. So we went out to this dinner, and it took, I think, uh, Ellen 12 to 14 minutes to get a martini from time of order. The food took a long time. Their Alfredo sauce, I mean, Alfredo sauce is pretty easy. It's a cup of Parmesan, it's a cup of heavy cream, and a stick of butter. And theirs was pretty soupy, so I, I didn't know what was going on. But it was good. It was definitely homemade pasta. Oh, I need to get in the other lane. Wah, wah, wah. Hold on. Yeah, that was sketchy. Let's see. Oh, you know what? I maybe should not have gotten on that exit. Yeah, I think I just took the wrong exit, homie. Alright, so dinner took forever. We didn't get back to the hotel bar until, I want to say, like 11.30. Hung out a little bit with the, uh, the Orvis crowd. And... Um, Dan kept egging me on to stay down there and I'm like, I'm just so tired at that point. Like I had a drink at the bar, hanging out with uh, with the guys from, uh, blah, blah, blah. See, I'm so tired right now. Um, American Museum of Fly Fishing and um, the boat, the awesome, awesome boat. Um, I'm blinking. I'm beat. I'm also trying to navigate right now. Um, Flycraft. So we go up to the hotel room. It's Morgan and I, and then Dan joins eventually. And it turns into, honestly, it was like a fourth grade sleepover. It was uh, farting, farting jokes, and just telling dirty, gross stories from our youth. And we were just laughing and giddy, honestly, until like 2.30 in the morning. And uh, woke up at 7.30 and was just not uh, not ready to go downstairs. I was just tired. So I had a hot dog, which helped waking me up, and a cold Coke. And started my table set up and walked around and took some pictures of the different booths. The X-Terra stuff felt uh, really good. I didn't get a chance to interview Evan for the podcast, but he came by and we had a good catch-up. I always love hearing Evan Burke's stories about living out west and his how he sustains himself by living off the land. If you listen to the Open Fly podcast, it's a lot of um, you know harvesting stuff from the ocean and the rivers, and uh, we talked about drift boats. He's got a Seattle Seahawks color hide drift boat, which is pretty darn cool. And then the show started, and you know a lot of people came through. I sold yeah less than ten dollars worth of flies, but uh, a lot of people picked up the card, and it was a good morning. I finished up around 12, and you heard I finally got Dave on. I think Dave and I would have talked probably for a couple of hours if um, Aaron hadn't showed up, and Aaron was not in, so Aaron Jasper and I hung out, and uh, we're the guys from Tight Lines Fly Shop. Aaron doesn't do the whole Helgramite thing, and we were kind of joking that, you know, it's like a porterhouse to a, a, a trout or a smallmouth that... Fish freaking love Helgramites. So we played with the two of my Helgramites. I have crossed the critter mite tail into my reaper and I've made like a reaper mite. It's pretty cool looking. 
So we hung out and talked a little bit and I started cleaning up and instead of finishing at 1.30, I was like, all right, Peter, you're, you're good to go. I'm gonna clean up at, at noon. Brought everything to the car in my dolly and then started walking around. I went back to tight lines and I thought on Friday they said the three partridges in the bag were $10 and it was actually 40. So I didn't get that, but I got some flexi floss for the Pat's rubber legs for beer tie. I got some other just dollar stuff from their bins for gar flies and I don't know what else. Went over to the other, you know, I went to Badger Creek, I went to, I forget the other fly shop's name. I wanted to get extra large Rainey's float foam. Nobody there sold any Rainey's products, which I'm kind of confused about. So I might have to start doing a deal with Rainey's because uh, the gutless frogs are catching a lot of attention and let's hope they they catch more fish. I might have to change the name of the fly. We might have to go with the disemboweled frog. I don't know. You know I don't want to step on Rob Mead's toes. I'll chat with him over Facebook and see what he says. Walked around a bit, uh, did all his interviews. I think that interview with Lance was pretty awesome. That lodge in Belize, I mean, honestly, you want to go there, don't you? That sounded awesome. Kamchatka, that is that doesn't even seem like it's planet Earth. And then Lance and I went over to talk to Pat Cohen, and that's when Lance, sorry, uh, Pat was saying that some dude caught a Dorado on his Big Ben fly and sent him a picture of the Big Ben hanging out of this fish's maw, which is, uh, I just think, randomly awesome. Pat's tails are pretty darn cool, so you're gonna need to start buying those. Uh, they all come in white, so you're gonna have to fabric marker them or dye them. You heard the whole dye story on the podcast a couple weeks ago. I think that sums most of it up. I went to Fly Shack and loaded up on a ton of hooks. Got a bunch of hooks for TPFR. And since I went too late, they were out of the saltwater hooks and uh, a couple other hooks I wanted. But I'm good to go for the next three months with, uh, you know, maybe a 1,500 hooks. Definitely going to crank out the shad flies and start thinking about summer patterns. It was a good show. Yeah, I always wish you made more, but it was good to network. It was good to uh, get some new stickers from Orvis that I haven't seen before, so I'll mark up the car with those. Just to see people, hang out, shake hands. Um, good time. So I'm on my way home. It says I'm getting home at 6.40 p.m. That'll be just in time to put the pixie to bed, or get her ready to go to bed. And I need to find a sandwich place before I leave Jersey. I'm gonna sign off for now. I'm sure in this drive, I'm gonna think of something else to add in. And we will do that when it comes. But uh, unofficially, this is the end of Somerset. And we will do another one at Lancaster and one at Tyfest. Thanks for listening. I told you we weren't done. I'm stuck in traffic outside Philly. And I'm listening to the Mike O'Mara show. And guess who Mike is impersonating? You're going to have to hear this one. All right, hold on a second. The Nairobi Reserve. <laughs> That's the and you hear narrators that just that, that do it so slow and so low key. And if you've got a voice, like here's the greatest example of yeah. a guy that has the greatest announcer voice, but he's still an actor, yeah. and his voice is so good that he doesn't have to 
be an announcer. I have to be an announcer. I have to push it. Right. You can hear me push it. But uh, Sam Shepard, not Sam Shepard, Sam uh, Elliott. Right. Oh, the beef guy. You know, the Coors. <laughs> he comes in and he can say anything. It's just like, what time does our flight leave? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It would be just like, Mr. Uh, Elliott, uh, your, your table's ready. Will I get the one near the corner? <laughs> you know, it's just he doesn't have to do it. I Natural. push a little bit too, but and I'm I'm always so very aware of that. I, I listen. It. It's on my bucket list. I would love to have one last speaking role in some kind of. What if project. you? Uh, That's kind of funny, or should I say, last kind of funny? All right, I gotta. I didn't get my sandwich in Jersey. I don't think I'm pulling off in uh, Philadelphia either. Might have to be Wawa in uh, Edgewater, Maryland. Hey, all I am back in Virginia. All right, and man, you can already see where the snow was piled up from our storm. Looks like Maryland did a better job. I want to have the authority to revoke people's driver's licenses. Oh my goodness, I just passed a woman going 38 miles an hour on the DC Beltway in the second to the left lane. I just spent 20 minutes in bumper to bumper traffic because there was a cop on the side of the road with three cars pulled over. If I had the authority, I would backslap everybody across their face who had to slow down to gape at the accident. Cars windows should turn black when you pass an accident so you can't see them and slow down and make me miss my kid going to bed and make me miss trying to get home to eat something for dinner. I want to have the authority to revoke these licenses. The cops should somehow have curtains they could put up around like the curtains we had at the fly show to block people from gaping at all the stupid stuff that they slow down for. And that's my rant from driving home. Did not get a sandwich. I stopped to get gas, and since I was next to Gabriel Brothers, I ran in to get some work pants, and they had loads of work pants from all different brands for like seven and eight dollars, but they were size 52. You could fit, fit myself and Morgan in there, and we probably could have put Lefty in there with us. All right, I'm passing a blue pickup truck, and there's a dog sticking its face out the window through that back window. That's pretty hilarious. Also, who's the guy I just passed on the road with Blockfly Outfitter sticker whose license plate is Tarpon? If you are that person or you know that person, let me know. Because that's pretty cool. I hope you fish for Tarpon, by the way. Because there was once a guy whose license plate was Taman. And I don't think he fished for Taman. Gonna go home gonna unpack the car and I'm hoping that there's food knowing my wife though there's probably hummus carrot sticks kombucha I know Zeb likes the kombucha but man that stuff's nasty it smells like fermented armpits with carbonation about to pass the Orvis Tyson store which means I am five miles and 40 minutes from home it says I'm gonna get home in 10 miles though I don't know so that rounds out this uh, show. Let's give Jason a round of applause. There is more cutting and pasting. I think there are 13 files from this that uh, I'm going to send him that he's going to have to blend. And we're going to have to take out the, uh, the able woman, which I got her confused with Meredith. 
I did not get a hold of Meredith, so we're going to have to do that some other time. I'm tired, and my hair is like touching the ceiling of the car right now. And to quote the guy from American Pie, I smell like a Yeti. So that's it. This podcast is officially over. Hungry. Donger need food. Jason, take it away, my man. Thank you for joining us for the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. For more information or to contact Rob, please go to www.robsnowwhite.com. Cooper, host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. For even more content, be sure to watch the original films from HuntStand Presents on the Waypoint TV channel every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Visit waypointtv.com to learn more. Watch Waypoint TV's Great Outdoors Month celebration presented by Battery Tender every Tuesday in June from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Join us for land management tips, family hunts, and conservation-centric films as we show our appreciation for the great outdoors. Join Waypoint TV and LG channels in celebrating Great Outdoors Month presented by Battery Tender. Tune in every Tuesday and Sunday in June starting at 7 p.m. Eastern. Channel 109 on your LG Smart TV. You can also watch Waypoint TV at lgchannels.com.